listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your evening, your early morning hours. Excited to be here, as always. Man, I thought this was like basketball season, right? We got all these NFL headlines galore. I'll get into March Madness. I've been in the war room the last two days. Some of my friends in South Bend, Indiana, they've had what they've dubbed the war room. This is the 24th year they've all gathered for March Madness festivities. It's the first time I've been there in, gosh, about nine years or so, but I've been there the last two days, just wall-to-wall, hoops action. But the sexiest headlines... They're in the NFL right now. So I'll get to the uh, John Calipari overreaction. Some people want him fired. Coach K got a win against Cal State Fullerton, and they move on, or uh, whatever jabroni team they were playing. I don't think it was Cal State Fullerton, but in any event, Duke moves on. I'll get to the March Madness stuff, but let's start off with some ball here because Deshaun Watson getting traded, that is major, major major news and we had reports very recent reports that the Panthers they're out the Browns they're out they're out of the sweepstakes over here and then the news on Friday as we're anticipating where Deshaun Watson is going to waive the no trade clause for which team he's going to waive the no trade clause for And it's reportedly down to the Falcons and the Saints. Which NFC South team will Deshaun say, I want to play there? Then there were other reports. It would be a shock if it isn't the Atlanta Falcons. And then, surprise city. Curveball. Deshaun Watson says, Cleveland. That's where I want to go. And so the deal is is uh, agreed upon, and you've got Deshaun Watson and a fifth-round pick a couple of years from now going to uh, the Cleveland Browns. The Houston Texans, they get first-round picks in each of the next three drafts, also a third-rounder and a fourth-rounder involved. The contract, Deshaun Watson gets a five-year, $230 million deal, fully guaranteed. That is the big part right there because you start seeing these contracts. Oh, Von Miller is a good example of this. The Bills signed Von Miller to a six-year, $120 million deal. A lot of that is fluff, right? Like it's really a three-year deal and the Bills can move on from there without much of a, a, a cap hit, without much dead money involved right there. So a lot of these contracts, it's a lot of fluff. You got to go by the guaranteed money. When Deshaun Watson is getting a five-year, fully guaranteed $230 million deal, holy hell. If you look at the most guaranteed dollars in the history of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers with 150, Josh Allen with 150, Mahomes with 141, and now Deshaun Watson, the most guaranteed money in the history of the NFL, $230 million. That's $80 million more than Aaron Rodgers and also Josh Allen. So uh, the Browns are all in over here. They are all in. And look, they've had a disastrous run of quarterbacks. Their disastrous run of quarterbacks is so hideous. Not only do they have that jersey with all the names of all the failed quarterbacks, 
Baker Mayfield actually looks pretty serviceable in comparison to all those other guys. If Baker Mayfield put up the same amount of production, same stats, same one postseason berth, same, you know, just one win and then done, same thing with multiple other franchises, we'd be like, this guy sucks. But he goes to the Browns and it's like, hey, this guy's actually kind of serviceable. Baker Mayfield is just a guy. Just a guy. He's not a difference maker. And so the Browns looked at this and said, we need to find a difference maker. And on the football field, there's no denying that Deshaun Watson is special. Now, the elephant in the room is that Deshaun Watson still faces 22 civil lawsuits for allegations of sexual assault and misconduct. A deal like this, a trade like this, will definitely not appeal to many people. And I can understand that. A lot of people think with all this smoke, there's got to be some fire or a lot of fire. And so I can understand how many would be uncomfortable with a move like this. But here's the deal in the NFL. It's not as if the Browns, and I'm not telling you, hey, like I'm on board with all of this. I'm just explaining how it is. Look at me like a weatherman. You know, if I'm standing at the map and saying the weather's going to suck the next five days, it's not like I'm rooting for it. It's not like I'm signing off on it. Like I'm waving the pom-poms like T.O. watching the Tennessee Chattanooga game on Friday. You know, I'm not rooting for this. I'm just explaining it. This is the reality in the NFL. If you are a talent like Deshaun Watson is, you're going to have many teams vying for your services. And when the criminal complaints were thrown out by a grand jury, and we just have these pending lawsuits, that's when all these teams started jockeying for position to try to get Deshaun Watson. That's just the way it went down. It's not as if the Browns were just working out a trade with the Texans and no other teams were involved. So you could look at those other teams being just as guilty or maybe turning a blind eye to the legal situation, what have you. In terms of just football, a lot of football teams try to just make football decisions. And you can bring ethics into this, and I get that, but I'm just here to tell you a lot of NFL teams don't. You can sit here and say that's a problem, and that's fine, but they're not going to look at it the same way. I'll give you a brief story here. And uh, (laughs) this is how a a lot of... uh, People in sports think. Um, So I worked in Fresno, California for a little while. And I worked with Chris Haynes. Chris Haynes is an NBA insider, covers the NBA, does a great job. And we both worked with Jerry Tarkanian. Awesome guy, rest in peace, Tark the Shark, won a national championship with UNLV. He also had a brief stint with Fresno State. And so there's a story about Tark that Chris has told me where Tark, back in the day, I don't know if it was at UNLV or Fresno State, I'm not sure, but there was a a workout with a a kid who had been accused of something. I don't remember what it was. I don't know if it was fairly mild. I don't know how serious it was. I don't know. I'm not leaving that out on purpose. I just don't know. And anyway, this workout was fabulous. This kid was an absolute baller. And after the workout, Tark said, he looks innocent to me. And here's... A lot of people in sports will look at situations like that. Now, things have changed to some degree. 
right? The reason that Deshaun Watson hadn't been traded for until now is because it looked a lot murkier. We didn't know if the criminal complaints would turn into something more. At least it's a little clearer. You still have 22 pending lawsuits, but the way it looks is that Deshaun might be suspended for six games, maybe eight games. And these teams, if they're looking for a franchise quarterback for the next decade, they're willing to take a gamble that things legally are going to work out. And uh, you can have your own opinion. You can look at the Browns sideways and say they're crazy and all these other teams vying for his services are crazy also. But that's just the way it is in the NFL. I had to roll my eyes at the Carolina Panthers. There was uh, a report from Pro Football Network that no other team had done more due diligence in investigating the Deshaun Watson legal situation than the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> I just, I'm like, okay, yeah. What, what are you going to do? You going to interview a few people? You going to try to find the truth out? Okay, but... The idea of this, like the Panthers are uncovering all of these things, like, come on, the Panthers, fine, you're doing your due diligence, but let's let's not go crazy. They're looking under every rock. They're, come on, man. I, I just think that a lot of these teams, they know Deshaun is a baller, and they're going to try to get a franchise QB and try to win titles year after year. So that's just what it is. Now, we get to the football stuff, the fun stuff. What does this do for the Cleveland Browns? Well, in the AFC North, they might win that thing. And they're the favorites right now. If you look at the betting lines, they have skyrocketed up. And their championship odds are a lot different now. They're 16-1 to to win a Super Bowl, right? Like, That's why I look at the Browns. They're not only playoff contenders, they're Super Bowl contenders. I'm not telling you that they're going to win it, but they're in the mix. When you look at getting Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, you already have a great running game, great offensive line, good defense. Yeah, you're right there. You're in the mix. Now, the wild card is how many games does Deshaun Watson play in 2022? So that's what makes their odds a little bit longer. But for anybody who's rolling their eyes, shaking their heads and saying, oh, you can't buy the Browns as legit Super Bowl contenders. Look at the Bengals. The Bengals were 125 to 1 to win the Super Bowl before the season started last year. 125 to 1. The Browns are 16 to 1. <laughs> like so don't go by history. Don't go by ah the Browns haven't done anything. Who cares? They haven't had a quarterback as good as Deshaun Watson. What what have the Bengals done? They didn't win a playoff game for 3 decades. What did that have to do with their 2021 season? Not a freaking thing. So I, I don't fall into the trap of the Browns haven't done anything for decades upon decades. Like I don't care. All I know is they're in the mix as a legitimate Super Bowl contender at this point. Now we'll get to the uh, Browns timeline, which was just amazing as the week played out. The twists and turns of that one. What's next for Baker Mayfield? Where does he land? I've seen that one of these desti- destinations might be Indianapolis. How does this make Indianapolis any better than where they were with Carson Wentz? Seriously. 
I mean, you're going to trade more assets to get Baker Mayfield where you might be taking a step back at the quarterback position? I just, we'll get to the Colts and their crazy ways. Uh, We'll also get to, uh, as I said before, the John Calipari overreaction. I'll work in a little bit of hoops here. Russell Westbrook with a game-tying three that sent the game against the Raptors into overtime. Some funny sound after the game. And uh, had to feel good for Westbrook. We'll get to the NFL coming up here as well. It dominated the headlines, but will it also dominate the win column? Your comments more than welcome. Hit us up. 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. You can also hit me up on Twitter at The No Show. Okay, will it dominate the win column and a quarterback that is absolutely winning the offseason and didn't sign a contract extension? I'll tell you about that. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. I just want to take a couple of minutes uh, to talk about John Clayton. Very sad news on Friday. The professor passed away. NFL insider died at the age of 67. Of course, most well known for his work at ESPN and that Sports Center commercial where he's wearing the Slayer shirt and yelling, Mom, I'm done with my segment. Just legendary. Uh, very sad story that he passed away. He was hospitalized with a brief illness and passes away at the age of 67. I have filled in for a Seattle station from time to time the last few months, and every time I filled in, I got to interview John Clayton. And he was awesome, man. I <laughs> Like, if he wasn't awesome to, to work with, I just I would have omitted this, and it wouldn't have been the time or the place to say, like, eh, it was kind of tough to deal with, or he was a jerk. I wouldn't say that, you know, after he had just passed away. I just wouldn't say anything. But the dude was awesome. He was a lot of fun. Of course, we talked ball, but he was willing to go in many various random directions, which I thought was just hysterical. He was awesome. He he would uh, go in whatever direction. So he'll absolutely be missed. And really, you can see how much of an impact someone has when you you see the outpouring of love. And there was a lot. There were a lot of people in the sports world and beyond that showed John Clayton a lot of love where, uh, I don't know, he was just able to connect with people. And uh, he gave me this great soundbite as well. Ryan! Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was annoyed with one of the questions I was asking about maybe Russ being traded, um, but uh, he was awesome, man. He was a lot of fun, and uh, he'll be missed by many, many people. And always one of these things, like thoughts and prayers to his loved ones, to his family. So I hope they'll uh, feel some comfort with a a loss that was unexpected like that. But uh, he did an awesome job, and he he touched a lot of lives. I always say this about sports. It's like uh, people that aren't sports fans don't understand sports fans. You know, I was just randomly thinking about this earlier in the day where it's not so much about winning or losing a game I, I've i always thought that like life happens within a game you know when I think about Notre Dame football because I'm from South Bend Indiana I don't just think about 
Notre Dame football. I think about going to games with my dad when I was a kid or going to games with my mom when I was a kid or when I'm away from home. I think about Notre Dame football like that's home. That That's my hometown. That's what I love. So I love my family through the football team. I love my town through the football team, like all of that stuff. It's much bigger than just a game. And so I think when John Clayton has covered the NFL for so many years, it's not just about he has nuggets about your favorite team or what. It's like you love the sport partially because it's just the sport appeals to you, but chances are you've shared some great, great times with either family or friends or going to games or watching games, whatever. So I think that's another reason why John Clayton was loved because uh, the passion you have for a sport, it goes beyond the sport. It goes to your loved ones. And when John Clayton just had a style that was memorable and he was he's very relatable, he didn't seem, although he's very smart, he didn't seem like, oh my gosh, you guys are just not smart enough for me to deal with. He had a very uh, relatable demeanor. Um, so in any event, he'll absolutely be missed. And he did an awesome job and did a lot with his 67 years on earth. Like, that's the thing is we always talk about this in sports. Sorry to go on a tangent over here. But last thing I'll say, you know, you think about this in sports where, uh, a lack of effort always annoys me. So I understand if we're talking basketball or whatever the sport is, let's just use hoops. Sometimes the ball doesn't go in the hoop. Sometimes you have an off-shooting night. But you shouldn't get outworked, right? Like, like you should empty the tank. It's the same thing in life. You know, however many years you live on Earth, did you empty the tank? You know, John Clayton had 67. I'd argue he did a great job of arguing the tank, you know? It's like if you are afforded 33 years, uh, 47 years, whatever it happens to be, did you empty the tank or not? And, uh... I can at least from afar answer that as yes with John Clayton. Uh, so he'll absolutely be missed. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. I'm going to get to the uh, Devontae Adams trade. He goes to the Raiders. We'll hear from Kay Fig in a little bit. This will be a test. Can you hear the smile on Kay Fig's face? through his words when he talks about Devontae Adams as a diehard Raiders fan. I think we will be able to envision that and hear that through his words here shortly, but I want to get to that trade. Will it translate to W's for the Raiders? But hey, listen, some people are on hold, so I don't want to yik-yak all the way. Is that even a phrase? Yik-yak? Yak? I know yak is. Yik? I'm not sure, but let's go out to Lewis first. He's in San Diego to talk some NFL. What's going on, Lewis? Hey, how's it going? Good, bud. Good, good. Here to talk some uh, NFL. Um, you know, here's my conspiracy theory. I know we're talking about a uh, quarterback and thought of uh, Baker Mayfield. Where is he going to go? Um, I think he might go to the Carolina Panthers uh, because why the Browns don't want to send them in the AFC, so they're going to send them over there to the NFC. They don't want to compete against them, right? So I think the Panthers are possibly second scenario maybe Arizona Cardinals I don't know if Kylie Murray signed a, uh, he's not worth it that much so maybe the Arizona Cardinals want to save some money for the Super Bowl this year right maybe Baker Mayfield might take him to the promised land what do you he's think not, he's not good enough man he's not good enough to take anybody to the promised land Lewis that's the reality with Baker I'm just I, I'm not a believer in the guy and, yeah neither uh, am I 
Yeah. Yeah. And hey, look, man, I appreciate you checking in. It's uh, If you look at Carolina, it's a crazy thing because remember, Carolina, <laughs> they don't have their second round pick this year or their fourth round pick this year because they traded both of those picks to get Sam Darnold on top of the sixth round pick that they lost the previous year. So think about that. They don't have the number 38 overall pick. That's the sixth pick of the second round this year because they went out and traded for Sam Darnold. At the time, you're thinking, ah, you know, a second, fourth, and sixth for Sam Darnold? Like, he was with the Jets. He wasn't surrounded by a lot of talent. He's still young. He was drafted third overall for a reason. Like, that's not an insane amount of draft capital. And maybe he's going to be your quarterback going forward. Yeah, didn't happen. And all of a sudden, you're looking at that compensation a lot differently after Sam Darnold stunk up the joint. So I bring all of that up because it could be the same thing with Baker Mayfield. You're going to have to give up just because he's a quarterback. I know it's going to be pennies on the dollar because we know the Browns have to trade Baker after trading for Deshaun Watson. But let's just say it's a third round pick. It's a second round pick somewhere in that neighborhood. Do you want to do that? Are you convinced Baker Mayfield can be your franchise quarterback? I don't know why you would be, you know? And I, there's a reason Kyler Murray is going to cost a lot more. He's way better. <laughs> He's way better than Baker Mayfield has been in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know what Baker's market is. That's the interesting question to me. Who are the teams lining up to get Baker Mayfield? I mentioned the Colts before. If the Colts went from Carson Wentz to Baker Mayfield, are they improving? I mean, at best, I think that's a lateral move. There's a decent chance they're taking a step back when you consider the compensation. They traded a first and a third for Carson Wentz. Let's just say they trade a, a two for Baker Mayfield. Like, for that price tag, for what you're getting back, brutal. Just brutal. I'll get back out to the phones here. Also get to Devontae Adams here momentarily. That's a great segue because we invite in Kevin Figures to spin us around the sporting landscape. What is going on, K-Fig? <laughs> All right, well, we'll get you started with the NCAA tournament, day two, capped off by Wisconsin holding off Colgate by the score of 67-60. to 60. TCU hammering Seton Hall. Ditto for Houston, who pulled away from UAB in the second half. Illinois defeating Chattanooga by one. Same for Michigan State. They beat Davidson 74-73. to 73. Wins for Auburn, Duke, and Notre Dame. Arizona, the only one seed in action. They laid the wood to Wright State 87-73. to 70. And baseball news, shortstop Carlos Correa agreed to a three-year, $105 million contract with the Minnesota Twins. Phillies reportedly agreed to a five-year, $100 million contract with outfielder Nick Castellanos, while the Braves signed reliever Kenley Jansen to a one-year contract. In the NBA, Phoenix dominated Chicago as Devin Booker scored 28 points, 32 points for Jason Tatum as Boston defeated Sacramento, Kevin Durant 38 for the Nets as they defeated Portland, Cleveland defeating Denver in overtime, also an overtime win for the Lakers in Toronto as LeBron James scored 36 wins in the NBA as well for Miami, Philadelphia, and the Atlanta Hawks. Back to Brian. No, you know, K fig couple of things. I, uh, as you know, I've given up gambling for Lent. Yes. But I was at the war room today where a bunch of my friends gather and just watch March madness. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'll tell you what, K fig, a little piece of my soul died because They're, uh, they had all the games on Friday, so they had a pick sheet. Right. You had to make the picks and then enter uh, 
your uh, your picks for ten bucks, and I'm like, technically mm. that's gambling. Yep. Can't do it. Yeah, so uh, the Cal State Fullerton game against Duke came down to the wire. Cal State Fullerton was plus eighteen and a half. I'll spare you all the back and forth where Duke hit a three in the final minute and they had a put-back dunk. It comes down to it. Do or die. Final possession for Cal State Fullerton. A couple of my friends took the 18.5 points with Fullerton. And I don't know who it was. Might have been the backup to the backup to the backup. But he went right down the lane and yammed it home for the cover right there. I'll tell you uh, what I know. That's the dumbest That I ever heard of. A couple of my friends went crazy. That's the fun thing about March Madness. You might not have a dime on these games, but to see the reactions of the people around you, that's entertaining itself. It really is. If you're watching a large group, it's always fun if you're watching with someone. You know, we, always have, we all have our office pools or our brackets, but if someone who actually went to a school and you watch it with them, you know, I, I have a coworker who went to Cal State Fullerton, and he was really feeling himself in the morning saying, Fullerton's going to make the upset. Ooh. And then about eight minutes into the game, he was like, yeah, I was just playing. <laughs> now like, I'm pretty sure it was out there. We we all saw it. You know? Hey, by the way, your Raiders, huh? Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams. What are you thinking over the, here, kid? The arms race in the AFC West. Is it over? Yeah. I mean, and let the Chiefs come back on uh, on Friday and sign Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, and I saw another report from a Raider insider who said the Raiders are, are big game hunting still, trying to add another big police, whether that's uh, Stephen Gilmore, who I know they were interested oh, in. Wow, yeah. I know he wants a lot of money. Logan Ryan just got cut loose by the Giants. He has a lot of experience uh, with Patrick Graham, who's a new defensive coordinator as well. So I, I almost wish I told a friend the other day, Brian, I almost wish I wasn't a fan of the Raiders so I can just step back and objectively watch the AFC West unfold this year. Because this is this may be the most fun division, at least going into it, with all the hype built into it, with all the names and marquee names and superstar names, going into a season that I could ever remember in one division. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated looking at the draft high. Yeah, um, I think how many teams have given up first round picks for the next two years? Like Les Snead's prophecy of f them picks seems to be coming true across the board, across yeah, the we, entire league. You've seen it with Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Right? Everyone, Browns, everyone, Broncos. like was baffled. The Rams gave up two first round picks for Matthew Stafford, and now we're just out here giving away three first round picks, two for a quarterback, two for a receiver, multiple seconds. It's uh, it's it's nutty. Yeah, and look, a lot of people are going to attribute that to the less need philosophy. If less need never got. Matthew Stafford, these teams would still be doing it. Yeah, if you can get Russell Wilson, you would do it. If you I think can get it just Sean Watson. You if do you can it. get Devontae Adams, you would do yeah. that as well. I think I think it just set the price higher that much quicker because other teams were inquiring for Stafford for like a single first, and the Rams were the first to be like, "Well, we'll throw in two. We'll throw in two. And yeah, here we. That's kind of. I'm sure that's got to be the benchmark when Cleveland's looking for. Deshaun Watson is like, all right, well, you know, yeah. we're the Texans. We want more than what the Lions got. Well, that was the report yeah, last year to begin with with Deshaun Watson that the starting point when Miami was supposed to be in the talks, the starting point was three first-round picks. That's kind of what the Houston's always been looking for. Right, and I'd have to go back to the timeline of which happened before the other. Was right. it the uh, the Matthew Stafford deal or was it the Trey Lance deal, you know? Mm, and in right. either event, We didn't know what Matthew Stafford was going to do. He hadn't played it down yet for the Rams. And there were injury concerns for him leaving Detroit, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the Niners still went all in with Trey Lance, who didn't even play at the FBS level, you know? And so, 
teams are just going to be aggressive trying to find their quarterback. That's just the way it's going to be. All right, let me go out to the phones here. Let's go to my guy, Emmett, in Olympia. He's got some thoughts on Deshaun. What's going on, Emmett? What's up, Brian and crew? How are you guys doing tonight? Good, bud. Now, I told uh, our guy, uh, producer Ricky, that I kind of wanted to talk uh, talk to Deshaun Watson. But this Baker Mayfield thing kind of changed my mind and uh, of what I wanted to talk about here. I mean, it, it kind of is Deshaun because it's the Browns. But the whole Baker thing. Now, I, I think that Baker would – I don't. You say it's a downgrade if you were to go to Indianapolis, uh, and I think that you know the thing is my thing with Baker Mayfield is he's kind of like that guy where you need him in that system to do good. Where like that good rushing attack we saw uh, Baker Mayfield in that system with Cream Hunt, you know Nick Chubb, uh, OBJ a couple of years ago, Jarvis. Like that, that team was crazy the couple, last couple of years, uh, twenty twenty I believe it was, and then last year the Browns got devastated by injuries. And obviously the Browns are going to brown. They're going to go after a guy with 22 lawsuits against them and pay him like a super rich contract. That's like, which is crazy. So I think Baker Mayfield. I saw reports that the Seahawks are making a move on him. But if you were to go to the Colts, I'd personally like that. The Colts have a good young team, have a top two running back in the league, if not the best running back in the league, and Jonathan Taylor. To where the thing is with Carson Wentz. If he was solid until like the last two games, like his play in Jacksonville was unexcusable, and de- and I I don't blame the Colts for getting rid of him, but I think Baker it has potential to be a step up compared to our our guy Carson Wentz, and if everything stays right, everything goes healthy for the Colts next year. That division isn't very good, to where I think something could happen. I mean, not going to be a Super Bowl team, but they could make a push for it for a playoff I mean, team. I just I don't know what it is. I think it's the stench of the Browns' former quarterbacks that make people believe Baker is better than he is. Like, Baker Mayfield had a worse passer rating than Daniel Jones of the Giants last year. He had a worse passer rating than Taylor Heineke. He had one of the worst passer ratings in football last year. And I don't know why. He had OBJ. He couldn't do anything with OBJ. OBJ goes to the Rams for a second, and he's immediately in the end zone left and right with Matthew Stafford. And I don't know why. I have no idea why some people give Baker Mayfield the benefit of the doubt. He stinks. He's average at best. He has a great roster to work with, and he didn't do anything with it. But uh, thanks for checking in, uh, Emmett. Good to hear from you, bud. Um, Let let me go to Bob here real fast. He's in uh, Missouri. Has a thought for us. What's going on, Bob? Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Okay, just real quick on Baker Mayfield. He was in the Big 12. Okay, that's why he looked good coming out of college, folks. Big 12 never has, never will have defenses. I'm sorry. It's just, (laughs) you know. Yeah, there's some truth to that, Bob. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Patrick it, Mahomes played in the Big 12. Patrick Mahomes did play there, but to your point, to your point there, Bob, you're not saying no one from the Big 12 is any good. It can be misleading when you're putting up these video game numbers in a conference that doesn't play defense. Did we cut off Bob? Is nope. Bob gone? No, no, he's still there. Bob. Okay. You with us, Bob? Guess not. No, okay. Bob not there. Okay. That I, wasn't I was very cash money of you. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Okay. No, Bob. <laughs> uh, hit us back, Bob. If he, he had a thought on John Clayton, I was curious nope. about that. Yeah. All right. 
877-99 on Fox is your phone number. Maybe he heard from you, Chris. Or no, no, you probably just said I that. I scared in my ear, them right? off. No, no, no. I said that live. I said you did that say that live. Yeah. You scared them off. You <laughs> you know how you ran off angry Bill? I think everybody listening is like when they hear Chris, no, 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 no. they're I like, cut, oh my no, gosh. Listen to me. I cut Angry Bill's mic. That guy I just said Patrick Mahomes played in the Big Twelve. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. There's this uh, fear factor that you have, you know, like this intimidating presence, and maybe people just run for the hills. That would be a first. That would, honest to God, be a first. Yeah. Okay. All right, we got a lot to get to. Feel free to check in. I'll get right to the calls if you want to get on. Uh, let me let me hit on this. Um, let me get to the Devontae Adams trade, because I, I teased that. I didn't come through with it. With good reason, right? We're talking John Clayton. Heard from the, uh, are we saying nobodies? I don't know. Are we bringing that back? Not sure. For some reason, I'm not fully committed to it. But I heard from some of the callers. But uh, the the player that is winning, the quarterback who is absolutely winning the offseason, and he didn't earn an extra cent. No different, no, uh, no contract extension, nothing like that. Uh, you probably be able to guess it, but I'll tell you who that is right around the corner. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. So Devontae Adams traded from the Packers to the Raiders. Goes over to the Raiders, and uh, Las Vegas gives up first and second round picks in this year's draft to get Devontae. They also gave him a huge contract over here. Now, you're going to hear a lot about the average annual money. That's misleading. The average annual value is $28.5 million, which is a ton of money right there. But the thing with this is uh, this contract is backloaded. It's really a three-year deal, right? The cap hits in the fourth year is $40 million, and the fifth year is $40 million. I got news for you. If Devontae is still with the Raiders, that contract is getting reworked. He's not going to... You're not going to have a receiver with a $40 million cap hit on your roster. Like, that's just not going to happen. So half of the contract is just fluff. So I, I don't know why you would take the the last two years of the deal which is basically fluff it's not guaranteed money right so I don't know why you would take that and then apply it on a year-by-year basis to the full contract and say oh he's making 28.5 million dollars average per year it's like technically yes but realistically no so if you get away from the money and you just get to the compensation first and second round picks for arguably the best receiver in football is it worth doing? I would say yes. I'm not going to sit here and pound the table and say yes. It's a bold move. But when you put Devontae Adams in the same offense with Hunter Renfro, had over 100 catches last season, very good uh, fifth-round pick, very good slot guy, and Darren Waller. Oh, by the way, you have Josh Jacobs running the ball, and you could do a whole lot worse than Derek Carr at quarterback, especially when he was a college teammate of Devontae Adams. So I like the move for the Raiders. Now, where do the Packers go from here? Obviously, they're going to go with a wide receiver in the draft. (laughs) I couldn't help my facetious mind. I'm like, 
Watch Goody draft a backup quarterback, you know? Are we sure? Are we positive that Goody, when we think he's definitely going for a wide receiver here, does he trade uh, Jordan Love and say, ah, let's go with a uh, let's go with the backup quarterback in this <laughs> situation? No, Goody's not going to do that. They're going to get a wide receiver. But uh, what kind of chemistry does Aaron Rodgers have with what we're perceiving to be a most likely first-round rookie wide receiver? So uh, in that division, you know, and really that conference, which is getting easier and easier, it seems, by the day, I mean, he's got a chance for sure. He's Aaron Rodgers. But losing Devontae Adams, who he said was his best teammate ever, um, that is a huge loss for Aaron Rodgers. The quarterback who is winning this offseason without getting an extra dime contract-wise is Derek Carr. You get Devontae Adams to throw to. You get Chandler Jones on the defensive end. The Raiders have absolutely beefed up their roster. So uh, Derek Carr is smelling like a rose right now. Now, Chris, you've got a, you got a question here? What do you have? Yeah, just a, kind, of, kind of a fun trivia question. You remember? Do you know the last time the Packers spent a first-round draft pick on a wide receiver? Oh, it was a long time ago. Um, I can't think of the guy off the top of my head, but... It was a while ago. I do know that much. It was, was it two, like, oh, go it, ahead. It was 2002. Oh, really? You got to go all the way back there. 2002. I, I actually, I have completely forgotten who it was. <laughs> give, me, right. give me one second here. Are you sure? You. Yeah, no, it was. This sounds uh, like one of my trivia questions where I ask it. I'm like, I was hoping you would know It was know 2002 and it was Javon Walker. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. But that was the last the time there. they've spent a, a first round on a wide receiver, so we'll we'll see if they do if they wow. break that that streak. Yeah, I would expect them to. I mean, they better they better. Let's go out to the phones real fast. Eli is in New Jersey. Has a thought for us? Oh, Eli dropped. All right, Eli. Everyone's dropping tonight on my list right now. Yeah, what's up with that? We got Mark in Atlanta. Uh, what do you have for us, Mark? Welcome, welcome to Fox Sports Radio. Hey, how's it going? Good, bud. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm excited. I'm from Atlanta. Everybody was losing their mind over the potential of getting Watson. Uh, I feel like Matt Ryan's one of the most uh, underappreciated QBs in the league. Uh, he's, you know, the stat speaks for themselves. He had a season with almost no teammates. And uh, I just say they needed four key things to be added to this team, and they'll be in the playoffs this season. Uh, edge, now they need a wide receiver one. Um, they already got a second good cornerback. And uh, one more good offensive lineman. Playoffs. That's my opinion. That's a lot to get in one off season, though. We're talking about a lot over here. You know, those are uh, some of the most important positions on the roster. Uh, and look, hey, listen, if I go back to your original point with Matt Ryan, you have to take into account that Calvin Ridley didn't play most of the season. And uh, that was the best receiver that they had after they got rid of Julio Jones, right? So um, I think at this stage of Matt Ryan's career, he definitely needs more around him than what Atlanta has. Uh, I will say this. I'm not going to laugh off the possibility of the Falcons sneaking into the playoffs. When you start looking at the NFC playoff picture, I mean, it's not nearly as loaded as the AFC. So uh, the Falcons need a lot of help roster-wise. And uh, I would I would guess they're going to be on the outskirts, but that's the conference for a, a team to come out of nowhere and surprise you as a playoff team. You know, it's not the gauntlet that the AFC is. 
How about that? We were expecting Deshaun Watson to go to either the Falcons or the Saints, and he stays in the AFC, which was already completely loaded before that happened. It's insane what's going on. All right, lots to do here. Coming up next, we're only in March of this year, but this is easily the biggest overreaction so far. Ah, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your early Saturday morning festivities over here. Lots to dive on into. I'm going to get to the biggest overreaction of this 2022 year so far. A little peek behind the curtain. It's college basketball related. So I'm not going to start off with college chips. I'm starting off with ball here. I'll get to the biggest overreaction in about six American minutes. But the big news of Friday was the Browns trading for Deshaun Watson. Now, I'll, I'll get back into this as far as what it means for the Browns and all of that. Like Briefly, if you look at the betting lines here, it's not all about betting, but it gives you an indication of what Vegas is thinking here. So the Browns are now favored to win the, NFC, the AFC North. The Browns have the shortest odds. They're at plus 150. How about this? The Ravens and the Bengals. You know the Bengals that were just in the Super Bowl right there? The Ravens and the Bengals both have the same odds. Plus 225 to win the division. Steelers way behind at plus 1,000. Maybe it's because they have Mitch Trubisky at quarterback right now as we speak. It might have something to do with that. Where you've got Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Mitch Trubisky. Might, Might have a little bit something to do with that, but... One of the things to consider here is the possibility of the Bengals not even making the playoffs. That possibility exists. I think this is something that a lot of people make the mistake of. I'm guilty of this from time to time, too, so I'm not like looking down on you guys. But a lot of sports fans think that seasons are building blocks. For instance, like, the 2022 NFL season begins sort of with what happened in 2021. Like the Bengals, they made it to the Super Bowl, so they're not going to regress all the way to being a non-playoff team, right? It's like, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like like building blocks here. Things change quickly, good and bad. The Niners are a great example of this. Niners were in the play in the Super Bowl. They were close to winning it if Jimmy G could hit a wide-open receiver. Emmanuel Sanders, didn't work out. The next season, they were ravaged by injuries. They were a 6-10 football team. And then this past season, they were healthier. They're back in the NFC Championship game, a win away from another Super Bowl berth. So it's up, down, up, down. It's It's like a roller coaster. There are teams that have those results. So if you look at the Bengals, they shocked a lot of people. Pretty much everybody. If you thought the Bengals were going to be in the Super Bowl and that close to winning it when they were 125-1 to long shots to win it all, I think you're just lying. (laughs) I think you're telling a bold-faced lie. The Bengals had the same odds of winning the Super Bowl as the Jets and the Jaguars before the season started. That blows me away. So as crazy as the Bengals surprise season was last year don't be shocked if the opposite happens where they shock you in a bad way in 2022 
We didn't see that happening with the 49ers, and it did. So don't be shocked if that happens with the Bengals. All of a sudden, their division gets a whole lot better going from Baker Mayfield to Deshaun Watson. And the other part of this is, if you look at this Browns timeline, it is nuts. So the Browns initially pursued Deshaun Watson. And meanwhile, Baker Mayfield posts what reads as a goodbye to Cleveland on social media. The Browns come back and they say they want an adult at quarterback. Wow. <laughs> so I'll get back to that. They want an adult at quarterback. The Browns are then informed that Deshaun says no to Cleveland. Those are the reports. The reports are Cleveland is out. Panthers are out. So in the meantime, Baker Mayfield requests a trade. The Browns say no. We won't accommodate your request. We're planning on you being our quarterback this year. Then the curveball, Deshaun Watson, in a twist, agrees to be traded to the Browns. That is a crazy timeline. It unfolded just like that. Now, the uh, other part of this, I said I would go back to the Browns saying they want an adult at quarterback. Two things. One, they traded for Deshaun Watson that has 22 pending lawsuits. Okay? Like... It's a weird statement to make when you could argue, I wasn't there, I don't know exactly what happened, but if you're a believer and there's a lot of smoke and maybe a little bit too much smoke for there to be zero fire whatsoever, we could say this, Deshaun Watson has some growing up to do. The other part of it is when you say you want an adult at quarterback, that is a shot across the bow at Baker Mayfield. Make no mistake about that. Have you heard other teams say that? Like, did uh, the Colts were not fond at all of Carson Wentz's play? I think that was an overreaction. But that was their stance. I didn't hear them say we need an an adult at quarterback. They never made that statement. Uh, the Browns did. So that that was telling right there to me. And Baker Mayfield is just a guy. Don't talk yourself into this guy being a difference maker elsewhere. They had a really solid roster. And he was pedestrian at best. I don't want to hear about him. Oh, he had the shoulder injury. And if he was a real quarterback, if you put Tom Brady with that same roster, or Aaron Rodgers, or Russell Wilson, or any of the top flight guys with that roster, and they're healthy... They're doing damage. Or, or even if if Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, any of the league leaders last year, if you put them on that roster and they had the same shoulder injury as Baker Mayfield did, they're doing a lot better than 17 touchdown throws and 13 interceptions in 14 games. That's exactly what Baker did. 17 and 13 last year. And some people are talking themselves into this guy being a difference maker elsewhere. He's not. He is not, but I'm curious to find out who ends up with him. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. I'll get to the calls momentarily, but let me get to this. The biggest overreaction so far of 2022. Fire Calipari was trending on Twitter the other night. You had Kentucky losing to a 15 seed St. Peter's in the first round. Now, I'll be honest with you. It's an embarrassing loss. It was a terrible loss for Kentucky. But to say fire Cal, that's silly. It makes no sense. None. Now, this is the 10th time a 15 seed has lost to a 2 seed. 
Right? This is the 10th time it's happened. And if you go back through the archives, I'm not going to go through every one of these upsets, but you'll see a common trend here. So Duke, they lost to Lehigh in a 2-15 matchup in 2012, right? They didn't fire Coach K. They didn't say, that was embarrassing. Get out of here, Coach K. And just three years later, they're beating an undefeated Kentucky team in the Final Four. And then they beat Wisconsin to win a national championship. Now you could say, oh, but Brian, that's Coach K. He had multiple championships. Okay. But the thought is Duke didn't panic. They didn't say, oh my gosh, we've hit rock bottom. Let's just get rid of Coach K and go in a different direction. Now there are better examples than Coach K who was fully established, won multiple championships. Of course, it would be absurd to fire the guy. Look at Lute Olsen at Arizona. Hot tub time machine. Arizona in 93, way back then, they lost to Santa Clara in a 2-15 matchup. They didn't fire Lute Olsen. Lute Olsen, four years later, won his only national championship. He won one ring, just like Calipari so far at Kentucky. You also had Tom Izzo. He's only won one championship. He lost as a 15 seed to two-seed Middle Tennessee a handful of years ago. Also, Jim Beheim won championship also. He lost as a 15, uh, or he lost to a 15 seed in Richmond. It was in 91. Remember, they picked up the Richmond head coach and his legs are kicking around. <laughs> he might not because it's 91. He might not have been born by then, some of our audience. It's crazy how, how quickly time goes by. But you had Lute Olsen, Tom Izzo, Jim Beheim, all just win one championship, just like John Calipari. None of those coaches were fired after losing to a 15 seed when they were a two seed. This is a complete overreaction. It makes no sense at all. None. Zero. Fire Cal. Get rid of- This is what expectations do. They sometimes cause people to blow things completely out of proportion. Totally out of proportion. I get that it's an embarrassing loss, that the standard's supposed to be higher, that Kentucky's not supposed to be losing to St. Peter's, and all of those things. But I think they're taking a step back if they just react in the moment and say, all right, we're, we're going in a different direction. you got to eat all that money. And are you getting a coach that's actually better than Cal? And what do you think the chances are that in the next four years, maybe Cal is taking UK to a national championship? I think the odds are pretty good. I think he's got a chance. And I know he'd have a better chance than most of the guys that they bring in there to replace him. So I am not on that. That train. I think it's a total overreaction to consider firing Cal. All right, let me go out to the phones here. Angry Bill is in Jacksonville. Now, Chris, he had the audacity to give Angry Bill the heave-ho last time. Welcome back here, Bill, to Fox Sports Radio. How are things, man? How you doing, Brian? I'm good. Um, this Deshaun Watson thing has just gone to the point of, I mean, I feel good for him. He got his money and all that stuff. Do I feel he's done all this bad that he's done? No. Uh, some of it's exaggerated, people jumping on for the money. But obviously he's done something wrong. But to get this guaranteed money is just astronomical. I mean, it's just amazing. And he might not even play a game for them this year. Um, why, why this happens and why sports has gone in this direction, I don't have a clue. Okay? But it's uh, good for the players. I mean, they're, they're making their money. But it's... Uh, Somewhere down the line, it's going to hurt things. It's going to hurt things. Um, but that's that's the way sports is going. 
Uh, I'm a little old school. That's why Chris, your stupid friend, shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, all right. That was a, a, a quick trigger right there with uh, Angry Bill. He, Chris, he mentioned you by name, and that was, uh, that was a hook. Keep doing it. <laughs> Got the hook. I noticed that he sped up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Yeah, he was trying to get it all in, the story about yeah. uh, Ryan. Yeah, he had a certain cadence and a certain pace, and then he tried to get that in the, I like uh, the blast. I, know, I like it. Just, just making sure I'm awake here. <laughs> Uh, but he By the way, did you see? Did you see that in Deshaun Watson's contract? If he does get suspended, they've structured it so that like he he still gets most of his like game salary, even if he gets suspended. Well, he got it last year, right? Like, uh, yeah, I forget. I again, I don't have the details up, but it was like just something I noticed. It was like a kink in the contract where it's just yeah, if you get suspended, I think you lose at most like fifty thousand dollars. Well, and the thing is, Angry Bill did bring up an interesting point is, uh, you know, what, what's the, is this, does this set a precedent in the NFL in terms of the guaranteed money? And look, I don't think so. I think that how often do you see a superstar quarterback who's 26 years old, he's, he demands to be traded and you have all these teams vying for his services. Like, I'll tell you this. I guarantee you that teams would come close to either giving exactly what the Browns gave up for Deshaun Watson or very, very close. I can't imagine that these teams that were in the mix, the Falcons, the Saints, they're like, oh, we'll, we'll guarantee like half the contract, but not all of it. No. I would imagine that a lot of these teams were comparable in terms of what they were willing to give Deshaun Watson. So, like, are we just going to see guaranteed contracts left and right? No. Remember when this came up with Kirk Cousins, where he got a fully guaranteed deal? And these people are like, oh, is this the future of the NFL? Look at the contracts that have been given out. No, of course not. Like, you've got uh, Von Miller. Half of his contract is fluff. You know, it's not fully guaranteed. Uh, if you look at Devontae Adams with the Raiders, that, that contract isn't fully guaranteed. It, it's Quarterback's a premium position. We all know that. And so for a 26-year-old superstar, yeah, a team's going to have to pay through the roof to get the guy. So no, I don't think there's a, a precedent in terms of guaranteed money just being dished out left and freaking right. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. And in terms of, I don't know, if you want to look at it ethically, and say a guy that has 22 pending lawsuits and a team is willing to trade for him and give him that type of contract, is that the type of precedent that we're going to have? I'd argue we've had that for decades. I mean, you could look at it and say, it shouldn't be like that. Okay, I hear you. And you can make that argument. But I'm here to tell you, without signing off on it, that it is like that. So this just didn't happen out of the blue. This has been happening time and time and time again. And it's going to continue to happen. So I don't think this deal sets a precedent at all, in my mind. All right, 877-99 on Fox. That is your phone number. I won't jibber-jabber too much. I'll get right out to you. Uh, Coming up next, uh, let's see what I want to do. Where do I want to go? Oh, I I want to talk about high, high goals that a certain player has. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Shout out to Danny here. He sent me a message 
And he said, just a heads up, it was Wisconsin who beat an undefeated Kentucky team, not Duke. I was talking about uh, uh, Coach Cal. Calipari lost in the first round to a uh, a 15 seed in St. Peter's. And I was saying, I think it's silly to entertain the thought of firing the guy. And I did mention that Coach K, he lost as a two seed three seasons before winning a national championship. So I was talking about the 2015 season and Danny's right. I screwed up and I, I responded to him. I was like, Oh man, you're right. Good catch. And I was at that game. I think this is how I know my memory is failing me. I got to go to the back in what 2015 Wisconsin upset, um, an undefeated Kentucky team. And, uh, I was at that game and some, Somehow in my mind, I switched it to Duke upsetting UK. So I, I think, long story short, my memory is failing me. I think that uh, I think that I'm uh, I, I, I'm I, I'm confusing things from time to time over here. So I'm gonna have to double check my work. But shout out to Danny. I don't know what it is in sports radio. There seems to be a default setting. If a mistake is is made, it's like, you moron, you... And Danny was like, hey, just a heads up. Uh, You kind of screwed something up there. I liked his tone. Good stuff. Shout out to Danny. It can be done. (laughs) You can tap someone on the shoulder and be like, hey, you kind of screwed something up, but I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. Nicely done. All right, uh, let me get back to ball here and high goals for a certain player. First, let's go out to the phones here. If you're on hold, I don't want to make you wait too long. Uh, So let me go out to uh, Andrea is in Berkeley. She's got a uh, message for us here. What's going on, Andrea? Hi, happy full moon. How are you? I'm great. I'm always, I'm in my element when the moon is full here, Andrea, and I can howl at it like a wolf, as I always do. You read my mind. I called to hear you howl. Well, I got to see the moon. That's the only thing, Andrea. Oh, I can't. I, oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, she's quite lovely, quite full. Um, <laughs> and we have <laughs> the spring equinox also this weekend, Brian. The spring equinox is Sunday, the 20th. The full moon was 12:19 a.m. Friday. So we have quite an auspicious weekend. And baseball's back. How yeah. about that? So, uh, you know, hope springs eternal. So it was nice. I watched um, some of the Giants-Cubs game. And, um, you know, good to have baseball back. Man, you are har- hardcore here, Andrea. You're watching spring training baseball. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Baseball is life. Life is baseball. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Wow, okay. Uh, fired up. I didn't realize that you got down with spring training baseball. Oh, yeah, because I look at the astrology charts of all the prospects and, you know, who wants to make the team. And, you know, there's there's a lot of nuances in spring training, who's going to make it, who's not. So I like to crunch the the chart numbers and uh, see what ends up happening. Very nice. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'll be sure to send you the Spring Equinox newsletter. And if anyone wants a free copy, let me know. It has all the Mercury retrograde dates (laughs) and all the full moons and all that kind of good cosmic stuff. But it's just great to hear your show and have the full moon and baseball back and Spring Equinox. It's just really, Brian, it's like hope springs eternal. I'm just, you know, finally feeling good about baseball, you know, returning to normal and, you know, they're making up some games and you know it's just nice to have that part of our life back i hear you andrea and i appreciate you checking in always good to hear from you 
And uh, yeah, I'll just say real fast. I think that the lockout actually ended up doing more good than harm for baseball. As annoying as it was in those 99 days, all this momentum and the season's about to start in a couple of weeks and they're not going to miss a freaking game. I think it works out even better for baseball. All right, uh, let me go out. I got to take my medicine here because Gunner in Minnesota, I always like talking to this guy. Um, but he told me that the Timberwolves are going to win 47 games this year, and he's feeling himself. He's tweeting at me after each win practically, like, Brian, another step closer to 47 over here, I tried to tell you. Gunner, welcome to Fox Sports Radio. What's going on, man? Uh, nothing much. You're just working. Listening to show you, just, I, I told you, you should have gone against him. So I'm looking at the standings right here, Gunner. What do they have to do? They have to go 500 to get to 47 wins right around there? Um, they just need six more wins and, yeah, just above 500. Okay. And looking at the schedule, two games against the Mavericks. And if they win those two games, they'll probably pass the Mavericks. Nobody gives a damn about the Timberwolves, first off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you know what? That uh, That was your nemesis. Uh, over here, uh, he he doesn't like you talking about the Timberwolves. Uh, uh, yeah, what do you what do you think quiet. about that? He can just be quiet. His Lakers are so terrible. <laughs> uh uh-huh. Forty games, lot forty what forty one losses, I think now. Yeah, let me let me see the standings here real fast. Cause this would be actually be really good. This would be a good put down here, Gunner. Um, let's see. So you've got the Timberwolves. They've got forty one wins. And the Lakers, they have 40 losses. So that's, that's good right there, right? They almost have the same amount of losses as you have wins, huh? Oh, yeah, finally, because I see that way better in the Lakers, finally. It's been years since they've been a good team. Wow. Well, they won a championship just a couple of years ago, Gunner, right? Like, you that, can't forget that about championship that. championship means nothing. They didn't play every team. <laughs> Nobody gives a damn about the Timberwolves, first off. Yeah, well, I'm looking real fast here. You got Milwaukee, Mavs twice, as you said, Suns, Boston, Denver. You're not getting a 47 wins, Gunner. I'm oh, sorry. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Just wait. Got to go 6-5. and five. I say losing record in these final 11 no, games. No, no, no. They already no. beat the Bucks once. They're fully healthy. <laughs> Another win there. Nick, they are, what, two, three points away from being the Suns. Uh, it's too bad I can't bet them. during Lent here. I gave it up for Lent, so I can't make a monstrous bet with Lent. you. Yeah, I, I'd be making all kinds of cash on you, Gunner. You should mm-hmm. thank your lucky stars here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't. They're gonna win. They're gonna win at least seven of those games. Okay, we'll see how it works out, Gunner. I hope you have a good morning, bud. Thanks for checking in with us. Yeah, good stuff. There he is, Gunner. Okay, good job by you, Chris. Or uh, or our guy Ricky cutting up the sound. Ricky clipped it, so yeah. Nice job, Rick. He ends me a new weapon. Very well done. Very Nobody well done. gives a damn about the Timberwolves, first off. That's right. Our guy in Gardena uh, talking smack about Gunner's love for the T-Wolves. Got to love that. Also got to love our guy K-Fig, Mr. Kevin Figures. Letting us know everything that we need to know in the sports world. What's going on, K-Fig? All right, Brian. The first round of the NCAA tournament did wrap up on Friday night. The nightcap did see the Big Ten Player of the Year, Johnny Davis, chip in 25 points to lead Wisconsin over Colgate, 67 
260. A few bowl work victories, TCU, Houston, Arizona, and Duke all winning convincingly. Michigan State outlasting Davidson 74-73. to Iowa State with an upset win over LSU. Illinois beat Chattanooga by one. Miami a two-point victory over USC. Jabari Smith 20 points for Auburn as they hammered Jacksonville State. Wins for Purdue, Texas Tech, Texas, and Ohio State. In Major League Baseball, shortstop Carlos Correa agreed to a three-year contract with the Minnesota Twins. Outfielder Nick Castellanos inked a five-year deal with the Phillies. Former Dodgers closer Kinley Jansen signed a one-year contract with the Atlanta Braves. In the NFL, the Texans traded Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns for five draft picks, including three first-rounders. In the NBA, the Suns hammered the Bulls while Boston dominated Sacramento. 32 points for Joel Embiid in a Sixers victory over Dallas. Overtime wins for the Cavaliers and the Lakers. Back to Brian No. K-Fig, do you watch spring training baseball? I will. Yes, I did not. You do? Full disclosure, I did not on Friday. I was pretty much entrenched fully with the tournament. But I yeah. do. Absolutely. Get out of here. I didn't know. You're hardcore, too. Yeah. Now, I don't watch every single solitary game, but, yeah. I, but I do check in. Absolutely. And if I don't necessarily watch every game, I certainly do follow what's happening. Definitely. Wow, no kidding. You is it a certain team or just in general? Uh, mostly the local teams. Mostly yeah. the, the Angels and Dodgers I keep up closely with. But I, I keep I keep half an eye on everything else going around uh, spring training as well. I saw that Nolan Arenado of my Cardinals made a, my, a nice defensive play. No, like, what go. else is new? The guy is that's, that's what ridiculous he does. in the field. But, yeah, He's I caught amazing. that highlight. That's about it. I saw the Red Sox wore green uniforms the other day for St. Patty's Day. That's it. That's all I got for you in spring <laughs> training. It's about all you need. It's only been, you know, pretty much one game, one or two games in the books for everybody at this point in time. So it's one of those, hey, the season starts. It's almost like the NFL preseason, the initial excitement. Then after the first five snaps, you're like, the hell am I doing? Yeah, right. You're, you're like, like, all right. <laughs> it's got to be something Like, else I don't on, even right? have money on this yeah, game. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, Brian. You got to put some shekels on, the, uh, on some spring training baseball. That'll get Man. you interested. You know what, Kate Fig? I'll tell you what. <laughs> Baseball is a hard sport to bet on. Like I, I think can imagine. that you, you kind of have your niches, and uh, I definitely don't have my niche with baseball betting. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, like, you, just, I, you don't know what you're gonna get on a night in, night out basis. Yeah, so I, it's you'll see this all the time. Let's use the regular season for instance. Yeah. You'll have a team that's just this huge favorite. They've got the pitching matchup completely in their favor. And in the second inning, there's a little forearm tightness, and the team's like, let's not take any chances. Let's shut it down and bring in middle relief. And everything is thrown totally out of whack. It happens all the time in baseball. It's hard to predict. Especially recently with, you mentioned, like, a guy's arm tightens up. I mean, they have bullpen games left and right. Yeah. They have openers instead of starters, and that changes everything. It's probably more difficult to bet on baseball now than even it was 10 years ago. So uh, that is one that I completely have stayed away from. Yeah, you you know, I did. I'll I'll tell you something real quick, Kate Figs. This is crazy. So I, uh, um, John Goulet, right? He used to. Produced yeah. for, uh, for Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd, yep. Yeah, he's running VEASAN, the mm-hmm. Vegas Sports and Information Network. Right. And so he asked me to fill in a few months ago. Oh, nice. So I got to go out to Vegas and do a couple of shows on that network, and uh, it was a good time. And so I'm, I'm watching and just getting a, a feel for how do the shows feel? Like, how, how does it sound? Like, what are they talking about? And the main thing I took from that, K-Fig, these dudes that are really betting, that are on the network, they aren't just flipping coins and just playing the lottery with these picks. I remember one of these dudes was like, 
yeah, I paid for my uh, summer vacations by really studying because the sticky stuff being outlawed last year was a big deal. This dude was studying the amount of revolutions that it cut down with certain pitchers, and he was able to hone in on that and make a boatload of cash based on that. I was like, oh my gosh, the amount of homework that some of these dudes do to be on top of it, it, it was amazing to me. That's much deeper into the weeds that I'd be willing to go. I'll be right? completely honest with you. That's that's next level. That's unbelievable. Totally next level. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't Crazy. imagine. Yeah, it was wild, man. It was wild. By the way, Goulet told me a story. I, I'm i probably going to screw this up, but I remember the the gist of it, K-Fig. You'll get a kick out of this. It was uh, We were talking about betting lines being completely off. And Goulet said there was this story in the WNBA for an all-star game. And they changed the format from one year to the next. And I can't remember exactly. It might have been the first year, say, North America versus the world or whatever the format was. And they totally scrapped it and changed it to something totally different. And so Vegas didn't account for that change. And the total, like the combined points scored in that game... It ended up being like 60 points off base or something just wow. ridiculous. And all these wise guys are like, how does Vegas not know about this? And they are just hammering. I can't remember if it was the over or the under. Mm-hmm. And it came through monstrous for them. And some of the bookmakers were like, yeah, I got to take the L on that one. I should have been <laughs> on it. But uh, yeah, it didn't get the memo on the format being totally changed and it completely changing the scenario altogether. That's, I love that story. That's that's yeah. insane, though. I mean, you have there's people who get paid lots of money to be yeah. on top of these sorts of things. How does something like that fall through the cracks? Not only for one, this is multiple people, multiple sports books. Yeah, that's amazing to me, actually. Yeah, and it's it's pretty tough to be like, sorry, I cost you a, a boatload of cash by not doing my job over here. Now, yeah. Now, how many bets roll in on the WNBA All Star Game? I, I can't imagine it's as many as you know, say, an NBA Finals game with the Super Bowl, but still. It's a significant amount. And for the degenerate gamblers who are looking up lines and say, wow, that doesn't seem right. I'm going to jump on that one. Yeah. That's a pretty good payday for you. I would love to hear some of the conversations that took place. You know, like if one of my buddies called me up and said, dude, I got an angle for you. You can hit big. WNBA All-Star game. I'd be like, what are you talking about, man? He'd have to be... No, no, no. no, Seriously, here's the deal. Here was the format last year. Here's the format this year. There's no way this line should be what it is. I I would need to be convinced that this is what I should really be investing in. Right. It's like, can you convince me to to basically throw $20 on this? Right, exactly. Even that. (laughs) It was like, can you you convince me to throw $20 on the WNBA All-Star game? I'd say... 9.9 9.9 times out of 10, absolutely not. <laughs> no way in hell. Those are the best conversations when you or the other person says, no, 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 no wait, no, wait, <laughs> hear me out here. It's not as crazy as you think it is. Most right, of the time when they say that, it is. Yeah, sometimes that's the case. Yeah. All right, let's hear from our guy, uh, Sir Scratchoff. See what he has for us this uh, this Saturday. Man. Hang on, everybody get the radio turned up. You know they turn the radio up, man. I, I mean, I bring it when I bring on in this radio station. What's going on, Mr. No and Mr. Chris Perfett? You're coming to us with a lot of confidence over here, Sir Scratchoff. A lot, I like it. You got some swag to you tonight. People turning up their radios when you're on they the do. airwaves, huh? 
I mean, dude, listen here. I'm sitting here watching Andrea go around and around and around and around this boon up here on a broom, man. I mean, that's the Black Widow, man. She got it all figured out. The girl's got black hair. I've seen her picture before. She talks about the moon and the stars and the moons up above. I mean, it's one of them things, man. But I've been listening to all this stuff for a long time, brother. Matter uh-huh. of fact, I turned 56 Wednesday. I married 31 years Wednesday. And last night I celebrated 24 years driving all night and listening to Fox Sports Radio for 19 solid years, man. I mean, congratulations. What were, were those anniversaries all on the same day? I, no, no. I, I, my, my, my job was 17. Because I quit on my birthday in 98 to go driving all night, got out of the store, been in the Kroger, uh, being a manager, and I wanted to start driving. So I said, the heck with Kroger, and I made a whole lot better money, you know. And you know, you seem like a nice guy, Sir Scratchoff. Did you I quit the one job by saying, shove this job, and, and, and anything like that, you know? Or did you, you quit in style, right? You quit Dude, with I class. Quit. I quit Kroger, and I, I took care of my guys before I left. I made a big old plate of brownies, and I put X-Lax in it. So, I mean, I took care of them real well before I left. <laughs> they was good to me, dude. We made up a brownie bowl and, and fed it to them. But I want to tell you something, though. This guy a while ago, oh, matter of uh-huh. fact, Anger Bill, what's going on up there, young man? I think a lot of Anger Bill. But I want to tell you something, though. The guy was talking earlier about Matt Ryan, I believe, about him being underrated. Mm-hmm. Well, let me answer his question. Let me tell you why he's underrated. Because we got four things going on. It's not you, really, because you just got this, like, Friday, Saturday thing going on. You don't get the whole week. Mm-hmm. But we hear about Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Mayfield, and, and, and Russell Wilson. And then you got the two Sturgis that come on before you. And I call Jason Smith a new Curly because he laughs like you. You know, and then you got Maller. I mean, it's the Astro <laughs> talk all the time. It's the same material all the time, bro. There's some, like some whining by you, Sir Scratch-Off. Now, here's the thing. The quarterbacks that you rattled off, they're all in the news right now. Oh, I, know it, bring them up. I know it. But you got Matt Stafford, my Rams quarterback, that should have been MVP, never won a playoff game, never won a Super Bowl, and you don't even act like he's out there, folks. In five he didn't four. get traded. He didn't get a contract extension. He's not in the news right now. I know, bro, I know, but he should be the MVP and been talking about because guys don't do that every day, right? And I mean, you know, and now we got the Cardinal baseball coming up, dude. I mean, you're looking at 82, 83 wins are over on the over. I'll take the over. Okay. And, I mean, it's going to be a good season, bro. I mean, I skip yeah. around my sports because I like talking a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Dodgers took that World Series for 54 games. And they probably got mad because baseball got started without missing a bunch more games, so they'd have a better chance for a few more games again. But you know, oh, but, man. But James, some Dodger you know, shade thrown at you. Hit on a lot of angles. You cover a lot of ground here, <laughs> sir. Scratch off a lot of ground. All right, man. You gotta, you gotta get it going. I done told you, Daddy. Get them cars filled up. We gotta get St. Louis to a game. The Cubs in St. Louis, man. Let's get it going, okay? All right, buddy. You have a good, uh, good morning here, sir. Scratch off. Always good to hear from you. You know, I will say, you know what? I'll tease it. One person will stick around at least, right? There, there is something Matthew Stafford related that I actually do have to say. And then, hey, while we're talking QBs, we might as well talk about a QB that's actually in the news. Some very, very high goals. That's around the corner as well. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. I'll get to a, a big goal. 
for Russell Wilson, new Broncos quarterback here in a couple of minutes. But uh, Sir Scratchoff called in. And you know what? He's a positive guy, but he sneaks in some whining here and there. You know? If you missed it, it was, it was something to the effect of, why aren't you talking about Matthew Stafford? Something like that. You know, like roughly. The voice might not have been exactly that sound, but that was the message that was conveyed. I will say one thing here. The Rams picking up Allen Robinson, the wide receiver. I love that move. I love the move. It's three years, $45 million. He didn't have to trade a boatload to get the guy. He's on the cheap compared to some of the other receivers, like Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is a better receiver. He's going to have to pay more. I get that. But you didn't have the Rams give up first-round pick, second-round pick. You didn't have to pay him a, a quarter, right? You paid uh, not even a third of what Devontae Adams is making. Uh, total contract-wise. And if you look at Allen Robinson, you hear the same old stuff. Yeah, he was disinterested. Yeah, his numbers plummeted last season. He had 38 grabs for 410 yards. Could it have maybe had something to do with Andy Dalton and rookie quarterback Justin Fields throwing him the football? Could that have been part of the equation and not just Allen Robinson being disinterested? What do you think is going to happen here? Look at Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. was much better with Matthew Stafford than he was with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is better than Andy Dalton. That's not saying a whole lot, but he's at least better than Andy Dalton. And he's better than rookie quarterback Justin Fields was last season. I don't think highly of Baker at all. I think he's just a guy. But even Baker was better than those guys. So the point is, if OBJ isn't putting up numbers at all with Baker Mayfield, and then he is productive with Matthew Stafford, what do you think Allen Robinson is going to do? He's going to do the same thing. Allen Robinson is still a very good wide receiver. So that was a low-key move that I like a lot. It's not going to get a ton of headlines. Look at Allen Robinson. So in 2020, he had over 100 catches for 1,250 yards and six touchdowns. Who was throwing him the football? The combination of Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. Okay, he's putting up numbers with those guys. So he's going to be putting up numbers with Matthew Stafford. Opposite Cooper Cup. I like that move for the car, for the uh, Rams. There you go, Sir Scratchoff. There's your Rams talk. huh? Now we get right back to Russell Wilson, who's in the news. The deal just happened. He's going to the Denver Broncos. And he has some high... Goals. Listen to what Russell Wilson said this week about what he sees in Denver and his f- football future here. My goal is to play 10 to 12 more years and hopefully win three to four more Super Bowls. That's, that's the plan. So I think that's, that's the mindset. Um, that's why I came here, to, to hopefully be able to finish my career here and to finish on top as a champion. I mean, I like it. Those are some high goals. Three or four more Super Bowls from here on out. Let's do the math here. He came in in 2012. He has one. So three or four more in what he said, 10 to 12 years. That's a bit of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch right there, especially with how loaded the AFC West is, how loaded the AFC is. But I do like the confidence. I like the swagger of Russell Wilson. And make no mistake, he makes Denver, in my mind, 
a championship contender. They're at least in the mix. I don't know how you could say they're not in the mix. It also makes me think of what is Vic Fangio's reaction, the former Broncos head coach, to right after he gets fired, they trade for Russell Wilson. I would love Vic Fangio off the record. Like, hey, Vic, what do you think about this, man? Like, that might be a colorful answer. All right, coming up next. I ran across a column that to me is mind-boggling. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Lots going on here. March Madness, we are in the thick of it. The thick of it. Loved all the madness. No buzzer beaters in round one. I messed that up. You ever listen to uh, Fox Sports Radio early Sunday mornings? Do a segment with Andy Furman called Bottom Barrel Betting. I screwed that one up. I think my heart got into that pick where I said there would be a buzzer beater in round one. Did not happen. Um, But we've got some uh, interesting matchups going forward here, right? We'll have on Sunday Coach K against Tom Izzo. So very excited about that. Very excited. But I'm going to get right back to a a column that I saw, NFL-related. This was on ESPN.com. And they were just talking about the best and worst quarterback moves of the offseason. So there were a handful of questions that were tossed out to various NFL experts at ESPN. And those people weighed in. So one of the questions and the answers to the question caught my attention. I wanted to share it with you guys. So the question is, in this uh, column, which quarterback move of the past two weeks leaves its team in the best spot for 2022 and beyond. All right, that's the question. Who did the best job? 2022 and beyond, right? Addressing its quarterback situation. Now, to me, there are only two legitimate answers. Only two. Either Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. Because I take this question, if you said... Who did the best for 2022? Well, that changes things. Tom Brady played at an MVP level last season. I thought he should have been the MVP. To have Tom Brady back compared to who knows what, uh, that's huge. But if it's 2022 and beyond, Deshaun Watson is 26 years old. he got a lot of football left ahead of him. The Browns are hoping he's going to be there for the next decade. And he's got a shot to do that. How long is Tom Brady going to be around? A year? Maybe two more years? So the GOAT in this specific question is disqualified in my mind. If it's 2022 and beyond, it's got to be someone other than Tom Brady. It's got to be someone other than Aaron Rodgers. Make no mistake, those are huge, huge signings for Tampa and Green Bay respectively. But bigger than Deshaun Watson, who could be in Cleveland for the next 10 years. Bigger than Russell Wilson, who could be in Denver for the next 10 years. No. (laughs) Again, the question, and I get to the answers. Which quarterback move of the past two weeks leaves its team in the best spot for 2022 and beyond? Matt Bowen. He said Russell Wilson. Okay, wouldn't call you crazy. Jeremy Fowler. He got this one right. He said Deshaun Watson. The guy's 26, and he's an absolute baller, okay? That's a huge move. 
it blew my mind. Three reporters, Dan Graziano, who I think highly of, Jason Reed, who's a senior writer at Anscape, and Kevin Seifert. All these guys do a good job covering the NFL. They all said Tom Brady at B, the most significant signing. Can't be. It's like, let's play a little game here. Let's fast forward to 2023. Who's the Browns quarterback in 2023? It's Deshaun Watson. No doubt about it. Who's Tampa's quarterback in 2023? Who knows? Who has any idea? So I couldn't believe that some people went with Tom Brady. Now, some of the reasoning makes sense. Graziano said, well, without Tom Brady, they might not have re-signed center Ryan Jensen or cornerback Carlton Davis, and the move helps the uh, Tampa roster for years to come. Like, Okay, but you could play that game with all these quarterbacks. The Broncos are going to make aggressive moves to build around Russell Wilson. Uh, the Browns are going to do that to build around Deshaun Watson. You can play that game with all these quarterbacks, right? So, uh, no, no, no. I think uh, the only legitimate answers are uh, Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. Which quarterback sets its team up for success in 2022 and beyond? Because those guys are, especially Deshaun, is he's practically in his teen years compared to Tom Brady, you know? You're comparing a 44-year-old to a 26-year-old? I'll never forget this. I, I was doing radio in Fresno, California. It's a long time ago. I'll say it's around like 2008, right around there. And we were just talking about the NBA, and we had a question on our show, which player would you choose to build your team around right now? And uh, I was doing the show with the co-host, and uh, we had Chris, Chris Haynes, the NBA insider. He was the producer of the show. So it was the three of us. Chris and I said, LeBron. We would, of course, take LeBron. He was a rookie in 03. This is around 08. So he's got 10, 15 plus years to go. Of course you would build your team around that that guy. Uh, my co-host at the time said Steve Nash. Now at the time, Steve Nash was balling. He's winning MVPs. And we looked at him sideways like, do you realize how old he is? Steve Nash is going to be eating Cheetos on his couch when LeBron James is still winning MVPs and championships. What are you talking about? It's the same thing here. Another way to ask this question is, which quarterback would you take right now to build your team around? If you're taking Tom Brady over Deshaun Watson, you're out of your freaking mind. It's just a year's thing. It's not about who's better in 2022. I think it's going to be Tom Brady. It's about which team is in a better spot beyond 2022. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's Deshaun Watson by a freaking landslide. <laughs> like, not even close. Like, again, last thing I'll say with LeBron still in the league, still playing at a high level. When's the last time Steve Nash played in the NBA? You know, he was bad with the Lakers at the end of his career. He's been coaching the last couple of years. He's been out of the league for years, and LeBron is still playing at a high level. So I bring that up because you can get caught up in the here and now. If you're looking at beyond this next season, which team is in the best spot, 
It cannot be Tom Brady and the Bucks. It cannot be Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Can't be. Simply by age. <laughs> You're looking to replace those guys in a couple of years. Meanwhile, uh, the, you, the Browns sure aren't. Most likely, Denver sure isn't. All right, 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. If you want to check in on that, feel free to do so. Or anything else. All right, uh, March Madness, we're knee-deep into it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Been at the war room the last couple of days. A bunch of friends gather for the first two days of the tournament. Been a great time. Uh, Jeff is in L.A. He's got some tournament thoughts for us here. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, you know, so watch it, watching the games today, um, you know, as the day went on, I was starting to get more and more mad. You know, I felt like there were just no upsets. You know, no mid-majors won today. And my thought was that's because, you know, the, the, best, the best players are just going to, like, the same 10, 15 schools, right? So my solution to that is to make a star bank, meaning, you know, like Zion Williamson wants to go to Duke. Once they get him, they only, you know, they only have their, their stars in the coming years are going to be supremely depleted. So the goal of that is why can't Chet Holmgren be a Bowling Green Falcon, right? Why can't Jabari Smith be a VMI Kidet? That's my dream. That's my dream. I want to see, you know, this St. Peter's story is so incredible. Why can't that happen more? By the way, they're going to the Final Four. Why can't that happen more? Whoa, 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 wait, whoa. You just snuck in there, the Peacocks going to the Final Four? Oh, absolutely. I've been on them the whole, the whole end of the MAC regular season. They're a wagon. I had them in my bracket beating Kentucky. They're going to the Final Four. I got a future placed on them. I'm all in. They're going to hammer Murray State tomorrow. Oh, yeah, this team's legit. This team's got magic. And the Defu is a beast. Daryl Banks, sort of the most underrated players in the country. Absolutely. I, w- I wish I didn't give up betting for Lent today, you know, so I could make a, a friendly wager with you where I would take the racers of Murray State. Or I would I bet hev- I bet everything I own on Murray State not getting How to the final four. Did you watch this season? I have not watched one. Exactly. I do exactly. pay attention I, to the I, Mac. I have love for the M A A C. I do love the Mac. But I'll tell you what, what when's the last time a fifteen seed has sniffed the final four? Well, Oral Roberts last year, if that if that Max Smith shot against Arkansas doesn't go in and out. By the way, I had them in the Sweet Sixteen as well. If that uh, if that doesn't go in and out, I think they go. They beat Baylor as a twenty point dog in the Elite. You are you, you are wild over here uh, on this, uh, Jeff. You are very confident in the Peacocks. Um, I, I don't understand the Star Bank though. Like all these players, Chet Holmgren can go wherever he wants. He could go to any mid major. All these top guys could go there. Yeah, I just my, my thing is they're never going to actually go there though because you know the money and you know the the prestige. My thing is why do we let these kids decide where they want to go to college? They can't decide where they want to play in the pros. <laughs> I want to see I want to see Jabari Smith be forced to be an Elon Phoenix, right? Like I don't I don't like seeing them at the same ten fifteen schools. I want to see parity in in, the, in you know in okay. college basketball. I see what let's you're saying. Well, let's I, see how good K is without five future NBA players is he really a good coach when he actually has to manage a star bank and not have like 10 five-star recruits every year did, Jeff did you change your voice or is this a tag team call over here a friend just to just to make my point better here <laughs> so, I need so, a so who my is this is okay is this your real name we just we want to see fairness right we don't okay. want to see you know this you know we don't want to see Duke have you know three lottery picks on one team we want to see Right, like I mean, seriously, think about it. How incredible would it be 
if, you know, Zion's playing at, like, South Carolina State in the MEAC. I mean, that's unbelievable. Like, that does wonders for the sport. That's just, I mean, think about him in that jersey. Like, that's a dream for me. I'm like Martin Luther King with the thought of it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll leave you with this, guys. The tag team effort. I do like that. Are you guys like Hall and Nash? Are you more like uh, the Dudley brothers? What would you say you are? Like a pro wrestling? We're more, of a, we're more of a traveling band of just, we're just trying to get our message across, right? Like, okay. like you really believe in the Star Bank. You're thinking <laughs> something that uh, would really increase the legitimacy and entertaining and entertainment value of the sport. It's, right, it's a fun also, idea. Yeah. Also, to add on, Silent Blender. That's another tag team idea. That's another idea. Okay. We'll Silent out, Blender. Right? You know, you're making a milkshake in the middle of the night. You don't want to wake up your family. Silent Blender. It's too loud, period. <laughs> we'll leave that one be, though. You can have that one. I appreciate you guys checking in, man. It was fun. Good stuff. I'll say this. Look, it's a fun idea. I'll be honest. It sounds like a middle of the night, you're baked out of your mind. Hey, man, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a star draft? You know, like these guys don't get to pick where they go in the NBA. Why don't we have a draft for college basketball on top of that? It It's never going to happen. Uh, it's fun to speculate about it, but it's never going to be the case. Ever, 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 ever. Um, But you know what? I, let, let's get away from the idea in this for a second. It's just funny to me how the conversation morphs based on the results. You know, you, you always hear this. If, um, <laughs> if an older player is productive, it's like, well, he's a savvy veteran. If the older player is unproductive, it's because, well, he's ancient and he's lost a step. You know, like, we just sort of fill in the the spaces with what the results are. And so we filled in the gaps in previous seasons when mid-majors are winning tournament games by, oh, it's because of the one and done. You don't have these blue bloods with the continuity. They don't have the chemistry. And these mid-majors where the players are around each other for two, three, maybe four years. They've got more chemistry, and that's why they're winning. Now that we don't have many mid-major upsets, it goes the opposite way, and it's, oh, well, they just don't have the talent. and Like, it ebbs and flows. And a lot of times we overreact to what the latest thing has happened is. I mean, look, it could be a pipe dream that the Peacocks get the uh, the next – Zion Williamson or a top recruit or there's a star draft or something like that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But uh, I would just say this, aside from that idea, I, I wouldn't overreact to in previous years. Oh, these, these one and done teams, they, they can't beat the mid majors because they don't have the chemistry. And uh, like, I, I just think that we go movie trailer mode sometimes. That isn't the actual case. It's just, it seems like it is. And we just go with it in the moment. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox is your phone number. I've got some tweets to get to. Also, uh, there is a uh, there is an athlete that I think has the same mentality as Naked Gym Guy. I will explain that so you are uh, uh, completely aware of what I'm um, I'm trying to convey here. Coming up next, I'm Brian. No, keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport 
and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. So, uh... I think this story is is kind of funny in a way. Kevin Durant, he has been fined again. Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets, he uh, told a fan to uh, shut the F up midweek. He got fined $25,000 for, I love this, directing obscene language toward a fan. And so KD's profanity bill, it has now reached a grand total of $65,000 this season. Now, this was the incident against the Mavericks on Wednesday night. Uh, you have to listen very carefully. The the fan is not even heckling KD. He's like, hey, KD, you got to take over, man. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. So listen to the uh, interaction here. So it was hard to hear the fans like, Kevin, you got to take this game over. And KD's like, you got to shut the F up and sit down. How about that? I added the how about that at the end. But yeah, KD got fined 25 G's for that. And I I don't know. I just find that funny where it'd be one thing if the guy was heckling him like, KD, you suck, or said something really personal and KD told him to shut the F up. The guy was like, you got to take this game over, KD. It's half a compliment. And Katie didn't want to hear it. He did not want to hear it. So we got a couple other instances here. And I find these to be somewhat funny. So KD got fined $15,000. He was using profane language in a media interview. So this was after the second night of a back-to-back in Portland. And Katie said, I'm not making no excuses about no flights or our schedule. Everybody's schedule is effed up. <laughs> and so... Got fined for that. He's fine of the F-bombs right here. I don't know what to tell you. The last instance of this season where KD got fined, it was a game in Atlanta. This is back in December. So it was another in-game interaction with a courtside fan. The fan appeared to tell KD to stop crying, and KD's response was, shut your ass up, MF-er. <laughs> so he got fined another 25 Gs for that. Now, now, a couple of layers to this. Let's start with the main takeaway. I think Kevin Durant has the same mentality now as Naked Jim Guy. Now, let me ex- explain that, because he might be like, wait, what? Okay, now, my theory on Naked Jim Guy, everybody's dealt with this guy at their gym. I might be talking to you as Naked Jim Guy right now, because some of you are. What Naked Jim Guy does... He is nude in the locker room, just air drying in front of the world instead of getting dressed in an appropriate amount of time, <laughs> right? That's for what you ever see the movie. This is very, very dated right now, but you ever see the movie Jerry Maguire? There's a scene in it where Tom Cruise, he's an agent and he's there with his, his player, right? Like his client and it's Cuba Gooding Jr. And he's air drying. And Tom Cruise is like, you, you want a towel? And he's like, no, 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 man. I, I air dry over here. That's that's naked gym guy, okay? And my theory for years has been that naked gym guy, it's always, if you notice, 
an older guy. You know, the movies, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., he plays a, a younger wide receiver. It's almost always a dude who's in his 40s, 50s, or beyond. And my theory is you deal with enough stress in your life where you have reached a point where you just let go, right? Naked gym guy, let's say he's uh, 49 years old. He might have a family. He deals with mouths to feed, right? He deals with stress of his job. He might, at that age, had to deal with death. You know, maybe a family member has died. Maybe his parents are dead. Like that's a lot of stress. And so I think that that's that goes into it. Naked gym guy just lets go and is like, you know what? I know there's a bunch of strangers over here, but I I don't even care. I'm just gonna be naked. How about that? I think that's where KD is now, at least mentally. Like his his mental approach and his takeaway is after think about it after all the stress of his career. Going to Golden State. You're a sellout. How can you join the team who beat you? And By the way, I was one of those people yelling those same things, right? He's dealt with that. He's dealt with scrutiny left and right. He's dealt with Twitter trolls for years and years and years. He has dealt with a a lot of stuff. I know he's a multi-millionaire. I'm not trying to say poor KD and have the violin playing in the background. I'm just saying... He's faced some stress in his life, all right? And he's let go. So he's going to tell a courtside fan to shut the F up and sit down. You know, he's going to drop some F-bombs from time to time. He's going to go on Twitter instead of his burner account like he used to, and he's just going to put it on his own account. You know why? Because he's reached a point where he just doesn't care. He doesn't care. And uh, it's the same mentality in my mind, is a naked gym guy. So I think that's where KD is at in his life right now. He has reached the mentality of naked gym guy where he's just going to shrug his shoulders and and do what he wants and let the chips fall where they may instead of worrying about, oh, gosh, like, how do I please this person or what's good for them? He's just like, you know what? I'm not going to be concerned about that stuff right now. Now, it can be a little bit dangerous when you start walking down that road. But I do think there is something to be said about KD just basically letting go. And uh, you're seeing that. You are absolutely seeing that. You can hear it. You can hear it in his news conferences, in his post-game interviews, right? Like, if he doesn't want to play ball, he's not gonna. And uh, he would have. He did for years earlier in his career. But he's just in a different place right now. I think that's where he's at. All right, we've got Kevin Figures with us this evening, the one and only, to spin us around the sporting landscape. What do you have for us, K-Fig? All right, well, we'll take a look at uh, day two of the NCAA tournament. Uh, No upsets on the late slate. Your favorites uh, coming away of victories, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Houston, Arizona, all getting victories. TCU technically an upset. There were a nine seed in the South region. They hammered Seton Hall 69 to 42. Elsewhere, Iowa State upset LSU 59 to 54. Illinois holding off Chattanooga 54 to 53. Duke dominated Cal State Fullerton. Auburn Villanova 
Villanova and Purdue with all with all with blowout wins as well. Texas held off Virginia Tech 81-73. In the NFL, the Texans traded Deshaun Watson to Cleveland for a package that included three number one picks. Watson subsequently agreed to a five-year, $230 million contract. The Chiefs signed receiver Juju Smith-Schuster to a one-year contract. In Major League Baseball, shortstop Carlos Correa agreed to a three-year, $105 million deal with the Twins. Braves signed former All-Star closer Kenley Jansen to a one-year contract. The Phillies signed outfielder Nick Castellanos to a five-year, $100 million contract. In the NBA, Devin Booker scored 28 points, leading Phoenix over Chicago. 38 for the aforementioned Kevin Durant in a Nets victory over Portland. Wins for Boston, Indiana, and Miami. LeBron James, 36 points, leading the Lakers to an overtime victory over the Raptors. Back to Brian No. You know what's funny, K-Fig, is it got me thinking with you mentioning Juju Smith-Schuster going to the Chiefs. We've had so many blockbuster moves, right? Trades and enormous extensions and guaranteed money and all this stuff. And it's a one-year deal for Juju Smith-Schuster. But think about that. In the AFC West, which is absolutely loaded, Patrick Mahomes throwing to not just Tyreek Hill, not just uh, Travis Kelsey, but also Juju Smith-Schuster. That's freaking insane. Yeah. Good luck with that. You know, but it's not a, a blockbuster deal, and so it's almost like, eh, yawn. You know, like, <laughs> that's a significant move for them. Well, especially since people believe that Juju, well, I believe. I mean, he did his production went down. He had some injury issues, and, you know, people thought, like, you know, once, you know, some uh, protection, some other receivers got away from him, and he became the legit number one guy, maybe not, you know, maybe not as good as we thought, but he's still a good player, whether he's a number one receiver or not, regardless. He's mm-hmm. a productive player, and now he doesn't have to have the pressure of being a number one guy. As you mentioned, he could be the third option. Yeah, between Kelsey. Feels like a prove it deal. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe he can. If he, he can does prove it, he stands for a lot more money than what he's going to make on the one year deal for sure. Yeah, he can make a lot of money and have a chance to win to boot. So the, it's a great move by him and a great move by Kansas City. Trying, as I yeah. mentioned, keeping up in the arms race. Oh man, it's crazy what the AFC West is right now. I mean, every game, every AFC West game has to be in prime time, right? Is that, that's what's going to be. <laughs> it's like every every Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night is just going to be AFC West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if it's a divisional game. Oh, yeah. It's like, how is this Chargers-Raiders game? Think about that. In week 18, it was just a – you could argue that was the game of the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, at least in the regular season, right? For sure. And, uh, yeah. Imagine if that's in the uh, late afternoon window. It's going to be like, how? <laughs> how is this the case? Oh, and I was stuck watching the Cardinals. What's going on here? Yeah. Stakes yeah. are so raised. I got a feel, feel for the job security on whoever ends up last in that division because – it's going to be tough, and someone's got to be at the bottom at the end. Well, yeah, and that's the the other question. I'll throw it at you guys. I was thinking about this. Well, I, I'll save it. We'll, we'll get back to it because uh, in about 10 minutes, I want to get to one of the teams in the division. Would you be more surprised if they finish first or last? So we'll revisit it. I, I want to get to uh, a couple of tweets here momentarily, but first, our guy Cowboy. Wants to check in. Now, it's a little bit earlier. I don't know if Cowboy's going to bed here in a little bit so he can watch some March Madness earlier. Uh, you know, we get it tip times East Coast, like noon. So I don't know if that's what's going on. But let's go to Cowboy's Corner here. What's going on, Cowboy? Nothing much, Brian. I uh, lost my sister, uh, Wendy, to pancreatic cancer 22 years ago today. It's the year too early age of 45. And 30 years ago today, and two weeks after John Belushi's uh, speedball death, um, 
black fellow guitarist Randy Rose, who was just 25, died when the plane uh, he was using to buzz his tour bus um, went awry and hit a home and killed three of the residents of his home, as well as Rhodes. And also, uh, Pat Riley will be 77 uh, tomorrow, and uh, he was playing for uh, the um, Kentucky Whitecats, as they were known, because of Adolph Rupp's rather less than progressive uh, racial ideals. Uh, that well, lost to uh, Texas Western College, as they were called those days, UTEP, as they're known now, 72 to 65. That was March uh, 19th, 1966, and it put the NCAA tournament on the map. And also, um, let me see, um, Andy Reid is 64 today. One of Mickey Mantle's uh, sur- two surviving sons, Danny Mantle, 62 today. His brother Billy died in a um, rehab facility March 12, 1994, and um, also uh, there was this African-American actor of long ago named Alfonso Long who used to play indigenous roles. He died 90 years ago tomorrow at age, uh, I think, 40 or something like that, and tomorrow's the first day of spring. Also, the great uh, Chuck Berry, who was 90, died uh, March 18, uh, 2017 at his home near St. Louis. And Brittany Cecil, the girl who got hit, fatally struck by that puck, uh, died March uh, 18, uh, 2002, would have been 34 uh, tomorrow. That was one of the only time a fatal uh, accident involving a spectator has happened in the NHL. What a tragedy. She was just 13 when she died. Anyways, uh, speak to people next week. Have a great week. You know, bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you, cowboy. <laughs> Every now and then, it's funny, because not every time Cowboy calls, I have the same thought, but that one, for whatever reason, I thought, we need to work in a couple of birthdays on these uh, these dates, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> something, something a, little, a little more positive, you know, but uh, I go back to one of the things that Cowboy mentioned, Randy Rhodes, who was a legendary guitarist, and of course, everybody knows the song Crazy Train, that's Randy Rhodes on that song, but uh, there was a piece that I liked where Randy Rhodes, he, he was a classical guy, you know, like he played classical guitar, not just like rock and roll and that type of stuff. But there's a piece I would check out. It's good. It's not going to blow your mind or anything, but it's kind of cool because you might only know Randy Rhodes from the like the electric guitar type rock stuff, you know, but there's a piece that he did called D. Um, and I think it's spelled out like D-E-E. It's written after his mom. I forget his mom's name. It might be Dolores, something like that. I'll look it up. But uh, yeah, if uh, you've never heard the classical Randy Rhodes piece on an album way back when, check out D. It's kind of cool. Uh, sneak peek. I'm going by memory. I haven't heard this in a long, long time, but <laughs> it's not like a normal piece where you would hear on an album, right? Where you go to track four and there's the classical piece and it's, you know, produced and you got the outtakes out and all that. That's not how this is. You'll hear Randy Rhodes just trying to work through this piece, and he kind of like screws up a couple of times, and he's working through it, and then he gives it another try at the end, and it's the the cleanest version. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I would check that out if I were you. It is Dolores. Look at you, Ricky. Quick on the trigger right Ricky. there. Our guy Ricky, the trusted producer right there. Take a bow, Ricky. I, I feel like you need to be uh, you know, highlighted for that. 
That's producing on the fly right there, buddy. Hard work Googling. You know what? Here's what I've learned about myself. If I don't do it immediately, I forget about it. I'll tell you on a show, if I'm like, yeah, coming up, we're going to get to like... If it's right after a break, I try to get right to it. But little things like that, like, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll check it out. I'll, I'll forget. So I, pre- I appreciate that, Ricky. Very good job by you. Well done. Okay, um, I want to get to the tweets. A couple of interesting tweets uh, tonight. And also, would you be more surprised if this team wins its division or if the team finishes last in the division? We'll get to that. I'm Brian No, Stay with us right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Brian No, here on Fox Sports Radio. I wanted to get to a couple of tweets here. First out, first off, shout out to uh, Justin, a.k.a. Suck It Coop. I thought this was really well stated. He writes, no, I'm as insensitive as they come, and I'm stunned and saddened by the passing of John Clayton. He was one of a kind. It's very well put. Yeah, I know. You could be, uh, how could I say it? Cynical, right? You can be uh, insensitive at times, but yeah, the professor passing away at 67 unexpectedly. Yeah, it's, it's it's a brutal story, man. But as I said earlier on the show, you know, if I pull from sports, you always hear this, like, you know, empty the tank, right? Like, leave it all on the floor or the field. You hear that all the time in sports, and it's true. You should give all-out effort. But it's the same thing in life. And I think however many years you're afforded in your lifetime, whether it's 67 like John Clayton or 35 or 27 or whatever it happens to be, you live a long life, you live a short life, it's all about emptying the tank you know it's like uh did you uh did you one live life to the fullest did you one make the world better uh by uh treating the people around you kindly that that type of thing that's what i mean by leaving it on the floor if you will from a life perspective and uh, if you look at clayton in 67 years uh, he made a lot of people's lives better you hear, like, go on Twitter and look at some of the things that his colleagues have to say. And you can tell it's not just, oh, man, great dude, going to miss him. It's heartfelt what some people have had to write. I saw Mark Schlereth's tweet floating around, and uh, it's like, wow. You can tell that he had the utmost of respect for John Clayton. So good tweet by Justin there. Mr. Nice Guy checked in. He was talking about the Deshaun Watson trade. How do you think the other 31 owners feel about the fully guaranteed contract? Uh, I don't think it's a big deal. I really don't. Because I said this earlier on the show, there was a, a similar reaction to, and this might just be a question from Mr. Nice Guy, but there was a similar reaction when Kirk Cousins got a fully guaranteed contract. And it was like, whoa, does this set the precedent? Are we going to see guaranteed contracts in the NFL regularly? And it's like, no, we're not. It's not a regular thing. We've only seen this with a couple of quarterbacks get fully guaranteed contracts. So you're not going to see, like, take some of the big contracts uh, of this offseason. Von Miller got a huge deal. It's not close to fully guaranteed. 
Devontae Adams, new Raiders wide receiver, got a huge contract. It's not close to fully guaranteed. So this doesn't set a precedent. And really, you don't normally see 26-year-old superstar quarterbacks hit the trade market like Deshaun Watson just did. So, no, I don't think this is going to be a, a common occurrence. I, 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 I know that ownership is probably not giddy about this because you might have to have a couple of tougher negotiating uh, sessions. The GMs might not like it. Like, oh gosh, this guy who doesn't deserve close to this, I don't know, this uh, elite wide receiver or this top left tackle doesn't deserve even close to fully guaranteed top end money. You're going to have to have some tougher conversations. But no, I don't think this is a a precedent setter or a game changer. I, I just don't see it playing out like that. Big John checked in on Twitter and said, one thing you might be missing in the Deshaun Watson topic, I don't think the question about him is his playing ability. It's his off-field behavior that you question. Are you sure he's going to make better decisions in his personal life? Uh, that's a fair point. No, there's no way to know for sure. Um, I would hope this is a gigantic wake-up call for Deshaun. I have a hard time believing that uh, 22 women just conspired together to make up a bunch of lies and there's zero truth whatsoever to any of it. I have a hard time believing that. And Deshaun Watson talked about, he said the right things when the uh, criminal complaints were thrown out by a grand jury recently. He said he's going to work and do all the things to repair his reputation. And it's like, okay, those are the right words. We just have to see the right actions. Um, so no, there's no way to know for sure to Big John's point, but look, there's no way to know for sure what's going to happen with these athletes. You don't question, say, Russell Wilson off the field or you know, Aaron Rodgers is later in his career, but you're not going to question him uh, screwing up from a, a legal standpoint, right? Uh, but you never know, injury-wise, decision-making off the field, it's a, it's a gamble. You're taking an estimated guess. Um, so no, you can't be completely secure. Everything's going to be great. But I think that's a gamble worth taking. Where you look at the Browns and their history at that quarterback position, and to get an elite guy, where, yeah, of course it's a gamble, but... That's a gamble that organization is willing to make. And don't kid yourself, there are plenty of other organizations that were willing to make that same gamble. And the Browns just won the sweepstakes. All right, uh, a question I was uh, wanted to get to. I was talking to Kay Fig and also Chris. Ricky, you're more than welcome to, to chime in here. Would you be more surprised, as you look at the loaded AFC West, if the Chargers finished in first or in last place? I'd be more surprised if it, was, if it was last. Okay, you go last. K-Fig, what do you think? Chargers, first or last? Which would be like, whoa, I, I have a hard time believing that happened. First place, easily. You'd be more surprised about first. I would. I'm with Kevin. Yeah. It's an interesting question, right? Because you make a great argument either way. I, I think just based on the gauntlet that the division is, I would be more surprised if they finished first. Because I think any of those teams is capable of finishing first. And uh, I know it's it's tempting when you look at the combination of Justin Herbert. Now you have the sack duo 
of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. You pick up J.C. Jackson. You got Derwin James, good wide receivers, good O-line, all that stuff. Um, But, man, you got Russell Wilson with Denver. We know how tough the Chiefs are. The Chiefs have won the division for, what, six straight years? Uh, yeah. I, I would have to process of elimination, say there's a... I'd be more surprised if they finished first. I would not be like... I'm not going to be blown away either way. I'll put it that way. This is a, like a photo finish at the start-finish line, but... Yeah, I would uh I would I would say I'd be more surprised if they they finished first. How about that, Chris? You're on an island on this one. That's it's normally fine. me on an island. I think I think for me for them to finish last, it would um like it would need a complete collapse of what we've kind of seen the growth of Justin Herbert to be. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh he's a fantastic quarterback. All right, coming up next, uh the list of teams that lost out is longer than you think. Ah, yes. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Gosh, we got March Madness. Let's get back after it. We got Sweet 16 bids on the line. Let's see. Let me thumb through some of these games. Baylor, I'm not I'm not a big believer in Baylor. Got a couple of injuries, inconsistent play down the stretch. North Carolina's got a real shot to pull an upset right there. I think that's my upset division. I'm not going to give you, uh, or my upset region, I should say. I'm not going to give you blow-by-blow of my picks because, frankly, you don't care. You don't care. I I can't blame you, but that is my upset region where I'm not a big believer in Baylor. I went with the four-seed UCLA to get to the Final Four, and I actually have UCLA facing Murray State in uh, the Elite Eight. So I've got Murray State getting all the way to the Elite Eight. So hopefully the Kentucky loss, you know, that 2-15 loss will help Murray State, will help the racers in uh, what I think will be the upset region right there. Let's see. I mean, Kansas, Creighton. I, process of elimination, I pick Kansas to win the whole freaking thing. Uh, Tennessee has looked really, really good going into the tournament. They've played sound basketball down the stretch. So I'm looking forward to that Michigan-Tennessee game. they got a couple of good games. Man, some of my friends, I told you I was watching hoops at the War Room. Uh, a lot of them think Memphis is going to give Gonzaga a, a real test. So we'll see. I, yeah, I don't know. Memphis up and down. If they're on, of course, they could give them a game. But uh, they're just hard to predict. Memphis had a goofy year, but they've got talent. Uh, we'll see. Gonzaga... <laughs> That's the team. Until they do it, I'm going to be skeptical that they're going to do it, meaning win a championship. But hopefully you get some good games on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Of course, we've got uh, Tom Izzo and Coach K on Sunday, uh, both trying to get to the Sweet 16. And I'm just curious how it ends for Coach K. Is it going to be Tom Izzo that gets the win against him and that's it? That's all she wrote for Coach K? Is this going to be a... A dream-type scenario where Coach K and Duke cuts down the nets and wins a championship at the very end, and Coach K rides off into the sunset. But looking forward to that on Sunday as well. I will say one other March Madness thing here, and I'll get back to ball. It's always interesting to me the reaction when there uh, there's a day with a lack of upsets. Because... Uh, I think the the mainstream takeaway is, ah, you know, we didn't have much drama, didn't have any big time upsets on Friday, and meh. You know, a lot of my friends make fun of me because 
I'm cool with upsets, but if they don't occur, I'm even more excited for the next round's matchup. You know what I mean? Like, as I'm thumbing through the games on Saturday and Sunday, like, for instance, uh, these upsets didn't occur on Friday. So if you look at some of the matchups on Sunday, they're pretty good. Duke, Michigan State, those are the highest seeds possible in that matchup. Purdue, Texas, okay, I'm in, right? Like, so that's the benefit of not having these matchups. Unless you're telling me you're running to your TV to see the uh, St. Peter's Murray State game. I, I don't I don't know that you are. I don't know that you are. Unless you're the, the tag team callers who checked in earlier, you know? <laughs> so my first tag team call, it was Jeff in LA. And I forget the other guy. He was going by like, I, I can't remember what he said. Uh, Gideon or something like that. But uh, the tag team callers, they're all about the mid-majors. So they're all about the St. Peter's Murray State game. But I'm just telling you, that's the benefit of not having a ton of upsets. You get at least a higher profile matchup going forward. All right, I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Feel free to check in. 877-99 on Fox. That's your phone number. As we get back to ball right here. So... I want to look at the Deshaun Watson trade from a different perspective. So he gets traded to the Browns. And I'm going to move away from the Browns, who I believe are not just playoff contenders. Uh, They have the best odds to win the AFC North right now. And they're legit Super Bowl contenders. The wild card is, if Deshaun is suspended, how many games? Is this half the season that throws a wrench into things in terms of their uh, championship pursuit here? But... If you pivot away from the Browns, if you look at the teams that lost out in uh, with Deshaun ending up in Cleveland, right? I think the list is a lot longer than you might initially think it is. So a couple of them are obvious. The Falcons missed out. You can be a believer in Matt Ryan, but he doesn't have that long left. He doesn't have that many years left in the NFL. And Deshaun Watson's 26 years old. This is all a football perspective, right? Deshaun Watson puts the Falcons in a much, 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 much better position for future success than Matt Ryan does. Matt Ryan's just too old. Another team that missed out, the Panthers and their head coach, Matt Rule. Matt Rule, this is a do-or-die year for the guy. What's the plan now? Right? They've got Sam Darnold right now. Oh, by the way, they don't have their second-round pick this in this year's draft, which is the 38th overall pick. It's the sixth pick in the second round. That's a premium pick. It's a top 40 pick. They don't have it because they traded it away to get Darnold, who did nothing last year and who they want to replace. Panthers also don't have their fourth round pick in this year's draft because of Sam Darnold. (laughs) They traded it away for that guy. And also, if they move Darnold... They're going to have to do the same thing they did with Teddy Bridgewater, which is pay a portion of the salary owed to the guy. So it's not a rosy picture for Carolina. They want to upgrade, but with who? You could uh, you could go with a rookie QB. Maybe you go with Malik Willis or whoever tickles your fancy over there, right? But it's not looking good. It's not a good situation in a do-or-die year for the Carolina Panthers who were all about landing Deshaun Watson, and it didn't work out. You also have the Saints, 
Now the plan for the Saints becomes, hey, do we bring back Jameis Winston, who tore his ACL last year? that's That's not nearly as good as landing Deshaun Watson. Think about this also. Another team that missed out, the Colts. If the Colts, who were reportedly involved in trying to get Deshaun Watson, even a ripple effect might have benefited them in a different way. If Deshaun Watson went to Atlanta, I mean, the Colts with Matt Ryan, that that could have worked out. Where Matt Ryan going to that team, and it's a dome stadium, and I think Matt Ryan, you don't have a who's who of complimentary pieces in Indianapolis. You do have Michael Pittman and, I mean, to throw to. We're not talking about Jonathan Taylor, who's outstanding running the football. One of the best running backs in football. Um, but who to throw to? It's not a who's who of weapons. That's why I think that, uh, not to get off track here, but bear with me for a second. I think everybody looked critically at Carson Wentz, and there were reasons to. He wasn't perfect at all. But if you look critically at the weapons to throw to, it's not exactly great. You got Michael Pittman and what? An aging T.Y. Hilton. You had the tight end combination of Jack Doyle and Mo Alley Cox. And it's like, okay, you got Jonathan Taylor. He's elite. But who are you throwing to exactly? So I just think it's funny that we looked at Carson Wentz so uber critically, but we didn't really look at the wide receiver and tight end core nearly as critical. But in any event, it could have worked out where Atlanta would have upgraded Matt Ryan is still a good quarterback. You can't just go by numbers. If you want to look at weapons to throw to, who did Matt Ryan have to throw to? Who did he have? Calvin Ridley didn't play half the season. He he had a a, a fantastic rookie wide uh, tight end in Kyle Pitts. But in terms of wide receivers to throw to, Atlanta left a lot to be desired. And think of the offensive line. Atlanta has one of the worst offensive lines in football. And if you went over there to the Indianapolis Colts, now you're talking. So at least you have more time back there. That could have worked out for the Colts had Deshaun Watson been traded to Atlanta and then the Falcons are looking to move Matt Ryan. That's not the way it went down. So not only did the Colts miss out on landing Deshaun Watson, they also missed out on the chance of maybe trading for Matt Ryan had Deshaun gone to Atlanta. But he goes to Cleveland, so it's a double whammy for the Colts. Also, the other teams that lose out here, I mean, look at these teams in the AFC that don't have an upper echelon quarterback. Look at my Dolphins. Like, where are they in the pecking order? When you start looking around the AFC and you see the upper echelon guys, it's a who's who. It's... I mean, you go from, in no certain order, you go Josh Allen and Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. Like, holy cow, that's a lot of talent right there. We'll see if Trevor Lawrence takes a step forward. Maybe one of these guys improves greatly, but... I don't see a seismic step forward for Tua Tungavailoa behind a bad offensive line that Miami has not addressed whatsoever in free agency. If you look at Zach Wilson, maybe he takes a step forward, but 
I doubt he's an upper echelon quarterback in 2022. Mitch Trubisky stinks. He's not going to do anything noteworthy in Pittsburgh. Houston, they like Davis Mills, but he's not upper echelon. Who's Indianapolis's guy? You know? So to look at it from that perspective, some of these teams that don't have an upper echelon quarterback in the AFC, a conference that has a ton of upper echelon quarterbacks, you are you're lacking off the off jump, right? To start off with, it doesn't mean it's a death sentence. Look at the Tennessee Titans. It's a good example. The Tennessee Titans behind Ryan Tannehill, who was mediocre last year, they were a one seed. Ryan Tannehill had a lower passer rating, believe it or not, than Tua Tungavailoa. Ryan Tannehill's passer rating wasn't even 90. He was 20th in the NFL in passer rating, yet they were a one seed. So I think sometimes we think quarterback is the only position. When it's not, it's the most important position. It's not the only one. But I do think that the teams in the AFC that don't have an upper echelon quarterback, it's kind of like a, a point spread in a game, you know? Where the team that is a, a, a four-point underdog, a three-point underdog, they aren't destined to lose the game. But these teams that don't have upper echelon quarterbacks in the AFC, they're underdogs. To start off with, they have ground to make up based on these other teams having upper echelon guys. And some of them having superstar guys. It's like, how do you deal with that over the course of a season? That is tough. Very, very tough. That's why when you look at which teams make the playoffs, they normally are a really good quarterback. Really good. I'm going to stop yakking. Let me get out to the phones here. we got time to sneak one in. Uh, Lewis is in New Hampshire. And uh, wants to talk some uh, March Madness. Welcome to the uh, the show here, Lewis. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, man. Yeah. So I guess uh, my question is: is I'm just trying to figure out like what to do with um, my futures bet for Murray State. I placed four dollar bet. Nothing major. Could win a grand if they win it all. Um, I'm just trying to figure out like now they're going to face the 15th seed. I might just place like a two dollar bet on St. Peter's with the plus whatever odds. And then if St. Peter's wins, I don't deserve to win the futures bet. But how do I hedge? <laughs> um, how do I hedge like the next four games, the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four, and the championship? So I at least I like, get some profit in case like you know the crap hits the fan, if you will. It's a tough thing to do, Lewis, because um, I put them at tw- uh, plus twenty five thousand odds, and right the second it's at nine thousand. So like I could cash out. I won't, but it's. What could like you cash out for right now? Eleven dollars, which yeah, and then no, I, yeah, and then if they beat St. Peter's and go to the uh, Sweet Sixteen, it could yeah. go up to fifty-five bucks, which I still won't take because I'm just trying to figure out like, should I place like hundred-dollar bets on the other team for like the next four games and at least come out with some profit at least? Like, now, like that's the problem with hedging this way. I'm not against hedging, right? But there's a way where you could get screwed both ways, you know? Where let's just say you put 100 bucks on uh, St. Peter's to uh, plus the points, right? Well, let's say that um, they don't. They don't cover the spread. You have uh, Murray State just blows the doors off of them, wins by double digits, and then they don't go on to win a championship. That could easily happen. So you don't make any profit. You know, I would I would write it out right now. There's no sense in cashing out. Um, no, no, no. For I wasn't bucks. cashing out at all. Yeah, 
I I would think about it if they get by St. Peter's. You know, maybe you let it ride one more time, but there's no way they have no chance of winning a championship. Yeah, well, because according to the stats, they have you know the 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 fifth, fifth best offense according to like all the numbers I crunched. Like I spent like four or five hours on a spreadsheet. Uh-huh. Fifth best offense, sixth best defense, like something. But it's also the same spreadsheet that told me Longwood was going to go to the Sweet 16. So I don't know what I'm. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what's wrong with my numbers because. You know, here I, I know that I, I know there's. Say, yeah, it did say that St. Peter's was going to have a good defense, so it worked in that way. And it told me Colgate was going to put up a fight, which they did. So I'm, I don't know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a very, I'm very analytical when it comes to this. So when I placed the bet, at least, you know, I was looking at what are the stats saying versus the odds. So I just, and it gave me the best chances with Murray State because they have great numbers and low odds. No one's expecting them to do anything. So. Yeah, well, they're not going to win a championship. I, I hate to break this to you, Lewis. It's not going to go that uh, far. They might get to the Sweet 16, and then you can up your profits a little bit. But I, I wouldn't let it ride too long. You know, I, I would. Uh, I would at least turn your four bucks. If you turn your four bucks into fifty-five, think about how much you're. How much that is? You're like uh, what by thirteen? Like you're you're multiplying 1300%. your money by. Yeah, dude, like that's a win all day. So at that point, should I place like a $28 bet on whoever they face in the Sweet 16 and then like go from there or? Yeah, maybe. We'll have to cross that bridge if we get to it, you know? All but, right. Uh, we'll- yeah, I would, uh, you know, maybe maybe the play by that point, let's say they're facing Purdue. Uh, you would take okay. Purdue to cover the spread or, or win outright, something like that where you win something. I, I would look to... Uh, Maybe you let it right. Maybe they get to the elite eight. I think that's as far as they get. I don't think they sniff a championship. Gotcha. But hey, man, thanks for well, checking in. There it is. It's it's just a hard way to hedge. You know, I like doing this. I'll say this real fast. I know we're up against it. Um, let's stick with March Madness. Let's say that you take uh, you take uh, Cal State Fullerton plus the points, right? And um, Cal State Fullerton, they're 18 and a half point underdogs. Say Cal State Fullerton gets off to this awesome start, right? They're leading by, I don't know, 10 points in the early going. I would bet it the other way. I would have um, Duke to cover whatever, a reduced spread. And then there are a lot of times if there's a big enough gap, you hit the sweet spot and you cover on both ends. That That's an easier way to do it. I, I don't know how you really hedge with that specific team, that, that's not an easy way to do it. Hard call. All right, let me get out to the phones here momentarily. And also, oh, oh, I actually have some advice. There's a story that you absolutely have to read. It's tremendous storytelling. I'll tell you about that right around the corner. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No. You're on Fox Sports Radio. I got a recommendation for you here. Um... I read a piece on the Players' Tribune from Sting, the pro wrestler. It is tremendous. You might not even be a big pro wrestling fan. That's fine. I loved the NWO days. So uh, it was a little more fun to read the piece from Sting. But uh, 
even if you're not a wrestling fan, it's tremendous storytelling. Tremendous. He was talking about the early days when he was just coming up. Oh, this is the funniest part. I'm not going to give you everything, but a couple of the bullet points. Sting was, I think he was managing a gym somewhere in the L.A. area. And um, there was a a guy that was kind of like a promoter, and he was going to train for wrestlers. He was going to train them and hopefully get them established. And Sting had no idea what pro wrestling was. He had no idea who some of the most famous wrestlers were, had no clue whatsoever. And he eventually was asked to join this quartet and uh, try to be a pro wrestler. And he's like, no way, man. I have no interest whatsoever. So the guy said, hey, come out to a pro wrestling event and you'll understand. And he said he went to this uh, event and some of the biggest wrestlers are there. He's hooked. He's into it. He wants to be a pro wrestler. And so he talked about the early days where, and I didn't know this at all, he was driving around everywhere and doing these shows left and right. And his main guy was the Ultimate Warrior. It was Sting and the Ultimate Warrior trying to make it in wrestling, doing all these small, small, like local events and all of that type of stuff. The other couple of things that were interesting about this piece, Sting said that he was... You know, he's at this for years where he's playing these small shows and barely making any cash and all of that. And he was on a freeway. I think he was wrestling in Louisiana at the time. And he told his either his girlfriend or his wife at the time, who became his wife if she wasn't already, they were on the freeway. He was going 70 miles per hour and the exit was there for the show, for the wrestling show. And he said to her, he's like, you know, like I'm banging my head for hardly any cash. I'm, I'm not successful right now. In a couple of days, if we keep just going down this road, we can be back in L.A. at home. And she was like, to the effect of paraphrasing here, like, no, I, the crowd cheers a lot when you're out there. I think you're really close to breaking through. And he was like, if she hadn't said that, I probably would have just kept driving. It's crazy. It's crazy how close things come to not working out. And the last thing, I didn't know this either. Sting was highly addicted to painkillers and had a a rough, rough, rough time getting off of it. And I'm just telling you, you got to check it out. The way he explains this stuff, the way he's telling a story, it's so well done. Now, I'm not just handing out bouquets for the heck of it. I was reading this on a a recent flight. I was just reading through it, and I'm the type of guy... Because I read a lot of stuff, and if I'm preparing for a show, I will kind of skim through it typically to see how long the the column is or the article. Like, how much time am I devoting to this exactly? And I started in with this sting piece, and I didn't think about time one once until after it. And I was like, it, it took me, I don't know, whatever it was, 20 minutes to read this thing. I didn't think about time once it was that good. So I highly recommend it uh, on the Players' Tribune, this piece by Sting. Even if you're not a big pro wrestling fan, I think it's worth your time. I think he did an awesome, awesome job and covered a lot of ground on it. All right, with that, we uh, hand the baton to Kevin Figures. The one and only to spin us around the sporting landscape. What's going on, K-Fig? All right. Had a couple of 11 seeds advancing in the uh, final day of the first round of the NCAA tournament. Notre Dame overcoming Alabama 78-64. Iowa upsetting LSU 
59 to 54. Tennessee to Miami overcoming USC 68 to 66. Chattanooga gave Illinois a scare, but the Illini held on for a 54 to 53 victory. Dominating victory for TCU over Seton Hall. Wisconsin had to grind out a seven-point win over Colgate. Michigan State defeated Davidson. Houston and Arizona both won by double digits. Wins for Texas Tech, Purdue, Ohio State, and Texas. Two number two seeds were in action. Auburn and Villanova both winning by 19 and 20 points, respectively. In baseball, all-star shortstop Carlos Correa signed a three-year contract with the Minnesota Twins. He does have opt-outs after the first couple of years. The Phillies signed outfielder Nick Castellanos to a five-year contract. The Braves signed former Dodger closer Kenley Jansen to a one-year deal. In the NBA, the Suns handed the Bulls their third consecutive loss. Boston has won seven of their last eight after a dominating victory over Sacramento. Cleveland snapped Denver's seven-game road-winning streak. The Lakers snapped a three-game skid with an overtime win over the Toronto Raptors. Back to Brian No. I'm assuming you filled out a bracket, right, K-Fig? I did. Who'd you have winning the thing? Uh, I have Gonzaga winning it all. You went with the Zags, huh? I did. I, did. I, couldn't, I couldn't go with them. They might. They, they very well could. Got a lot of talent. but yeah. The thing is, there's nobody really stood out overall to me. And it, like, as far from a matchup standpoint, they feel I feel like they have the most from an inside-out perspective, mm-hmm. which obviously they're the number one overall seed. They should. Uh, I do have Auburn. That's not an upset either. They're a two seed, but I have uh, Gonzaga beating Auburn uh, in the championship game. But I, How about I can't. Jabari s- Smith's dunk. Yeah, run. he's that was nice. He's ridiculous. He's nasty. He's a really good player. Yeah, yeah, he is. And it almost sounds like blasphemy to even throw out Kevin Durant, but there are some similarities, right? He's a tall guy. He can shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, Put it on the floor a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Attack the rack. Um, so yeah, going to be really interesting to see his pro career, man. Yeah, even even more so to a degree, maybe because the body type they're they're kind of similar. But Chet Holmgren at uh, Gonzaga yeah. gives me a little bit of a Durant vibe too. The way that he can shoot from yeah. the outside, he's better defensively than Durant was when he was at Texas for sure. Uh, so I'm interested to see how he grows because Chet Holmgren is as good as he is. He's still fairly raw and extremely thin. So yeah. once he fills out, he he can be a beast too. Yeah, he's incredibly skilled. It's so weird, just like his his height and his lack of size. Right. It's just like, <laughs> wow, dude. It's, it's like a praying mantis or something. I don't know. Um, it, he remind, reminds me a little bit of Porzingis. Obviously, you're yeah. hoping for a, a more souped-up version of Porzingis. I mean, before his ACL injury, Porzingis was was pretty good. He was. Oh, I want to yeah. say he was dominant, but he was he yeah. was certainly creeping into top ten status in the league before he before he started getting injuries. Isn't that weird? Because he was. He was nasty with the Knicks for a few years. He was Scorzingus, and then he just kind of flattened out and then regressed. You're yeah, right about that. He was the, pretty much the only bright spot of the Phil Jackson era was drafting Chris Das Porzingis. Yeah. People forget that was his draft pick. It was, yeah. Fourth and, overall. And they hated it at the oh, time. Oh, yeah. The famous Michael Rappaport <laughs> tweet. We drafted who? Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Get the F out of here. Like, that's a great tweet. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. By the way, K-Fig, I just realized something. I'm like, man, I'm starving right now. Maybe it's because I haven't eaten one thing during this whole show. Really? I, I normally have my snacks and Cheez-Its and everything, and I'm like, I, I forgot to get anything. You know, maybe this is part of Lent. You just go through a fast in general. Don't eat yeah. anything. I know, a little about hunger that? strike, the whole thing, yeah, no doubt. All right, let me get out to the phones here, 877-99 on Fox. Our guy Bob is in Tennessee. He's back with us. What's going on, Bob? Welcome to uh, Fox Sports Radio. Bob just dropped. Bob's trolling the show, I'm convinced. 
<laughs> I'm convinced. Uh, we've got Jay in Las Vegas, though. I don't think he's trolling the show. Jay, what's going on, buddy? How's it going, boss? Good, man. So, uh, Baker Mayfield, what are your thoughts on either the Niners or the Colts for him to go to? I don't like the Niners. They're definitely going to try to make it work with Trey Lance. It's a possibility he ends up in Indianapolis, and at best, it's a lateral move um, from Carson Wentz, and it's possibly a regression. I think Baker Mayfield is just a guy, nothing special. Right, but I look at, you know, he went to Cleveland, who was a complete losing team beforehand. I don't care. I look at what he has to work with. Like, Cincinnati was a completely losing team before Joe Burrow got there, and they just got to a Super Bowl. So I look at the quality of your roster. I don't look at your recent past or the past of your last 20, 30 years as an organization. Like, like put the Browns in cowboy uniforms, and people are, like, salivating over how much talent they have. You know? It's just because yeah. the stench of the Browns, we think their roster is worse than it is. They got a great roster. That's what I'm saying. So, I was actually, I've been rooting for them, but I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah, man, it'd be interesting. Thanks for checking in, Jay. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out with these quarterbacks. What's Baker Mayfield's market? Who's, you know, hot after Baker Mayfield now? And uh, you look at a, a couple of the teams that are looking for better quarterbacks, certainly Indianapolis, and that's a good roster. Uh, you look at Seattle, not as good, but you could do worse. Also, uh, New Orleans. Now, they're up against the salary cap. They've got a lot of issues with that, but there aren't a lot of teams that can shut out Tom Brady and Tampa last year the way their defense did. So I'm really curious with those three teams in particular where they've got some playmakers. All of them do. Colts, Saints, Seattle. What do they do Addressing their quarterback situation. It seems like New Orleans is most likely going to run it back with Jameis. But what what do the Seahawks do exactly? They don't have a first-round pick. They've got Drew Locke right now. Do they trade for Baker Mayfield? Would the Niners trade Jimmy G to Seattle? Probably not. Um, so, like, what, what are they going to do? <laughs> so, this was the last real domino to fall is um, is uh, Deshaun Watson. So the teams that lost out on those sweepstakes, man, I'm curious what the plan is. And, and better yet, if you flip it around, if you're Baker Mayfield, where are you hoping to land? Are you hoping for the Colts? Are you hoping for New Orleans? Were they like you more than Jameis? I doubt that's going to happen. But seriously, if you think about it from the quarterback's point of view, if you're Jimmy G... What's ideal for you? It's probably Indianapolis. I think Carolina isn't anything great from a the quarterback's point of view, like what you have to work with. I, I think that's an uphill battle. So I really think from the quarterback's point of view, it would be Indianapolis. That, that's probably the best remaining roster. Um, but man, I, I think that, I'll put it this way. Going to Indianapolis would be better than Baker Mayfield than it would be for Indianapolis getting Baker Mayfield. Right? Like that that's the way it is right now. 
And so I can completely understand the Colts wanting to do better than Carson Wentz. I just don't see how they're going to. <laughs> like That's the whole issue I've always had from the beginning with this thing. Uh, at least not in the short term. Like, look, maybe uh, in 2023 they find their quarterback of the future. Uh, something like that works out. But as of right now, I just don't see them getting better in 2022. So I think you grin and bear it for one more year with Carson Wentz. And that's the other thing. If you compare Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield, very comparable. I think they're very, very similar quarterbacks. I don't think if Baker Mayfield goes to Indianapolis, they're much better. I don't think they're much worse. I think they're pretty close to the same. Um, But the thing is, look at Carson Wentz. He'd have the second year in that offense. He had a full season to establish some chemistry with Michael Pittman, with... Some of the players that are still going to be back there. You know, Mo Ali Cox is going to be back there. He had a full season with those guys. Baker Mayfield, or whoever their quarterback is, it's going to be the first year they're the starting quarterback with the Colts. And if it's an average guy at best like Baker Mayfield, what do you think is going to happen? He's going to have to work out some of the kinks that Carson Wentz just did. It just doesn't make sense to me what the Colts did. I would have ran it back for one more year until a surefire, better situation came along. Just like the Browns did. The Browns didn't kick Baker Mayfield to the curb before getting Deshaun Watson. They even said before Friday's news that Baker Mayfield requested a trade. They said, no. They're like, we're not going to accommodate you. Sorry. We're planning on you, you non-adult, still being our quarterback. Because they didn't have anything better at the time. And then Deshaun Watson said, yeah, I want to go to Cleveland. And Cleveland's like, awesome, finally something better came along. And now they're going to kick Baker to the curb. You don't do it before you have something better. And that's exactly what the Colts did. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. I don't know what they're doing. Without a first-round pick. (laughs) It's like, think how much they're going to have to trade to get in the first round if any of those first-round guys, if they think they're going to be the quarterback of the future and the now. Which is uh, probably not going to happen. Freaking Colts. They are the equivalent of someone disliking their job and saying, I'm out of here. I quit. Screw you guys. Or what is it from Half-Baked? F you, F you, F you. You're cool. F you. And I'm out of here. <laughs> like, you can say that. It might feel good in the moment until you only have a lateral move in terms of your next job or a worse job. That it's like, congratulations. It felt great in the moment to kick your job to the curb, but you didn't have a better option. You didn't improve. So I, it seems like that's where the Colts are headed right now. If they get Jimmy G, big deal. If they get Baker Mayfield, big deal. You're not getting any better. Those are lateral moves at best. All right, coming up next. Um, I a report like some people are miffed miffed about uh ball right yeah so uh there's an interesting report about that i'll i'll send your way and also a uh, a great soundbite great great answer to a question on friday we'll get to that i'm brian no keep it locked right here on fox sports radio fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. 
This is a uh, Chris Perfett preferred uh, rejoin song right here. You know, very good mood music. I'm going to get to momentarily, Chris, uh, your thoughts on the Batman movie. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. I saw it. Ricky saw it. And he just told me about this a couple of minutes ago. So we'll have a powwow here in a second. But uh, let me pay this off real fast. (laughs) I love this story. A lot of people are thrown off by how the basketballs in the NCAA tournament look a lot brighter. They just like, and they do. It's because they are. So it turns out the basketballs are brighter. It's like a brighter shade of orange over here. And Kevin Murphy, he said that Wilson worked with the NCAA to create a ball that has an extra layer of grip. And it supposedly makes it easier to shoot from long range. Now, there's a whole thing with this. There have been players that say the ball is more sticky. It's even different English that you have to use when you're going off glass for layups. Even Mark Cuban, he was talking about the IU play-in game. And he tweeted about the basketballs. They look like the $5.99 specials from Walmart and seem to bounce and be hard to control like them too. (laughs) So that turned out to be a a big thing where the Wilson director of sales, a guy named Dave White, he tweeted back at Cuban, I can guarantee you these aren't 599 basketballs. (laughs) So so it's a whole thing. Uh, I don't like the color of it. It looks weird. I don't like it. Um, Not a big deal. It's not going to prevent me from watching games, but it looks odd. I didn't know this. Last fun fact, and we'll talk Batman. So... NCAA rules, they allow the home team to choose the brand and the model of the basketball that they use. And teams, they use anything from Nike, Adidas, Wilson, Spalding, depending on the preference, or their shoe apparel partnership. I didn't know that at all. That's crazy to me. Can you imagine, I know it's a different sport, but imagine if something similar happened with the footballs in either college football or the NFL, where, I don't know, college is a better example where, let's say Notre Dame, I know they're Under Armour. Let's say they're like, oh, you have our Under Armour football over here, and it's a different feel to it, and it's a, right? Like, that's just crazy to me. You're not using regulation basketballs? You got all these different basketballs floating around? It's odd. Odd to me. But anyway, in the March Madison, uh, the NCAA tournament, If you're thinking the ball looks a little brighter, looks a little lighter shade of orange, that's because it is. That's because it is. Uh, Let me pay this off to Russell Westbrook with a game-tying three to send the Lakers game into overtime against the Raptors on Friday. Lakers eventually won that game. This was uh, what the reporter asked Russell Westbrook after the game, who bricked a three just about 10 seconds prior. <laughs> so this is what the reporter said, and Westbrook's answer is just phenomenal. At the end of the game, right? Like that shot, it's kind of high off the backboard. Like, how do you not let that stuff affect your confidence? Uh, I got 23,000 points. How about that? A good answer. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's pretty good. I've uh, scored a lot of points here. Yeah, don't have... Uh, Uh, horrible confidence. It takes confidence to be able to do that. Very good answer by Westbrook. That had to feel good. He struggled massively this season. So to hit a game-tying three like that, had to feel good. Okay, so we saved the best for last. Ricky, our trusted producer, he said that he had to apologize to Chris Perfett. Now, why is this? What was the need for this apology here, Ricky? 
Uh, last week on the air, I told Chris that his taste in movies may not be up to par because he loved The Matrix 4, mm. and he loved this new Batman, but mm-hmm. this new Batman rocks. Yeah! You loved it. You're a fan. Now, you're going as far as to say it's the best Batman movie ever? Best Batman movie ever. I back would- I back him. So I love the Tim Burton Batmans. I will back him that the Batman is better than the Christopher Nolan movies. I love the Dark Knight. I love the Dark Knight 10 times more than this latest Batman movie. And it's good. I'm not saying it's awful. Doesn't have enough action for you. No, no, no. No, it's not that. There's plenty of action in the new Batman movie. I was just it's saying just, that he probably has the most realistic uh, car chase scene in that there's actually bumper-to-bumper traffic. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, no, just uh, Heath Ledger, his performance was freaking legendary. And the bad guy in the latest movie, he's good, but he's not even close to Heath Ledger good. Not even close. So, no, I get, you guys are freaking crazy. That's the bottom line here. I was going to freaking do it. I uh, hope you have a great day. Enjoy March Madness if you are so inclined. And enjoy your day. Keep it here on Fox Sports Radio. We'll see you.